Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse. This is episode 211. This is a DC Comics podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, release the Kraken. That's one word for it. Connor's also here. Yep. Oh, yep. So, so to fill the Peter in, they announced the name of the 32nd NHL team. And it is the Seattle Kraken. So... So... Seattle got the name Kraken. I feel like there should be a bidding war for that name. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It's better than some of the other stuff they were floating around there, and uh, their social media team really brought it on. What day was that? Thursday. So it's really exciting for a team that's not going to exist a, a, over a year from now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love the pandemic. Uh, for those of you who are playing Comics from the Multiverse Bingo at home, uh, you can check off Matt starts the show with a tangent about hockey. Uh, you could you could circle that one off right now, so if it makes you feel any better, the only reason I'm not mentioning snooker is that the games don't start for another thirty one minutes. Well, That's you still got shame. one right there, so ding. <laughs> we talk with DC Comics every week. We get together. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we have Batman ninety five, the official beginnings of Joker War. We have Action Comics one thousand twenty three, The Flash seven five eight, Shazam thirteen, Justice League Dark twenty four. Uh, and Connor also did a Patreon book, so I look forward to some Connor Redhood shenanigans. Uh, everyone's favorite, uh, Connor's especially. So that's what's coming up. Uh, and it's Connor like, is the reddest hood. <laughs> and it is, it is a light week for books. So we did uh, put out some some question requests, and I got a few to to talk about. So we'll do that after the after the news here. That we're going to kick off with uh, one relatively. I mean. Relatively big in the sense that it's kind of teasing DC's next big thing, but not a lot to go on as of yet outside of a title and a, a little teaser poster they put out. But DC are officially teasing Endless Winter uh, for December 2020. So it will overlap Metal. That, that was the, the thing for me that I... Because there was, there was like a bit of a rumour before this actually hit, and I assumed, ah, it'll probably start after Metal then in like February. You know, still technically winter. Uh, but they're starting in... December. December. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that uh, that, that goes. Uh, it's basically just, you know, it's, it's just the font. Uh, it's, it's icy looking. Um, I don't know if this means that there's going to be a, a focus and all the... Is, is this where uh, Coldstap finally gets to join Mr. Freeze and Captain Cold and Minister Blizzard? Can, can you imagine just all the, uh, the tie-ins of just... He's all the obscure cold villains we could find. <laughs> this, this is the, uh, the, the cold villain... Uh, what, what would you call this? The Legion of. <laughs> well, you don't want to go Legion. Uh, you can find another. Um, what's another? What's another? The super villains are bad at naming teams. Sub Zero League. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got none. I'm trying to think. There, there's not really. I mean, okay. you get the Fearsome Five, you get the Sinister Six, but you get. I mean, you so basically, your choices five. are your, your choices are legion or go with yeah. alliteration with the, the amount yeah. of numbers you've got. Yeah. So I'm racking my brain. I can't think of too well, many. Because even even the Injustice League is just a spin on Justice. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. Is there any numbers that begin with a chess sound? I don't think so. <laughs> not not in English. <laughs> <laughs> Shirty. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, the, the chili charity is, yeah. is, is about to piss yeah. it. 
I mean, you could do freezing five, I guess, if you really wanted to. Oh, there's, there's too many. There's, there's, there's more than five. There's definitely more than five. All right, so I brought up the story. <laughs> Freez um, freezing 15 is maybe more uh, apt. Yeah. So, so I pulled up the story, and from a speculative standpoint, it says there was a character that goes by the name Endless Winter that goes all the way back to Action Comics 20, and it mm -hmm. involves the Ultra Humanite. Uh, she was a... Yeah, this, her name is Dolores Winters was originally an actress who was kidnapped by the villain Ultra Humanite who had brain surgically transplanted into Winter's body. Wait. Who had so, his brain. So Endless Winter is going to assemble the Arctic Avengers. I nailed it! I nailed it! <laughs> I, I think we're all overlooking the possibility that this includes the Endless in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, okay. That's, that's fair. I think I'm more excited for a bunch of cold villas too. <laughs> but... Why not? Why not both? <laughs> do, do we get uh, Killer Frost? Well, she's 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 just Frost now because she's like not a villain anymore, right? Uh, so I, maybe, but it makes me think though that if let's say it is tied to Ultra Humanite, um, Charles Williamson's using Ultra Humanite and Batman Superman right now. He also was the last person that. I mean, maybe it was Orlando to use Frost in the JLA Suicide Squad yeah. crossover. It may have been, so, um, you know. Maybe they'll do a thing where all, all these cold villains are teaming up. You got the Acicles, you got, you know, Captain Cold, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Blizzard, Cold Snap. Um, there's at least one more obscure one that we found not too long ago that was making me cackle, and I can't remember them. But uh, maybe there'll, there'll be like a moment where someone will turn and she's like, you know what? To fight Frost, we have to fight it. With frost, <laughs> and then that's when Killer Frost is going to walk in, as a as a smoking ice gun for the good guys. No, I really hope whoever's writing this is better than you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, endless winter, huh? Yeah, so we're getting some sort of endless winter story slash event uh, coming Just, um, December. Maybe to tie in with this speculation. Mm -hmm. Tom Taylor was teasing on Twitter just oh, today yeah. or yesterday that in the next few days there's an announcement coming in regards to him, and you know he slapped the big DC logo uh, along with it, so we yeah, know it's so definitely it DC related. Yeah, so it wasn't creator owned, which he's he has that new book coming out. Yeah, yeah, soonish. Yeah, and he's just so. been announced for Marvel's deceased as well. I'm pretty sure. Um, Marvel's deceased. Yeah, basically. They basically went, hey, we want some of that, and got Tom Taylor to do a book that is basically uh -huh. their version of it. You know what? I hope it's just plug and play. I hope that it's the laziest. <laughs> after, after their lazy cover, which seeing those covers, I don't know if it was this week or last week, actually in the shop, it makes me sad for Marvel. But after after seeing that laziness, then they deserve a plug and play, you know. Uh, yeah. Marvel but deceased. But there's maybe a chance that this this thing that Tom Taylor is teasing as an uh, announcement maybe. could be this if they're officially teasing this in some capacity already, even though it's not till December. Hey, I'm always going to be on board for saying I want a Tom Taylor ongoing, but I mean, it's like, like a Tom Taylor event too. Yes, I'll take an event. I mean, we've got Suicide on Suicide Squad ongoing. Sorry, we we got you know obviously all, all the other things going that he's doing right now. We got this this is basically an ongoing, just going through titles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, and I, I like when writers uh, and artists, for that matter, aren't exclusive, because it adds to this type of speculation. Because if we knew he was DC exclusive, right? Like, mm -hmm. 
and we couldn't have all these possibilities of what he's going to work on and him coming out and saying it's something for DC, right? So oh, we would have all the, cool. on this show specifically. Technically, we would have all the all the possibilities because all we talk about is DC books. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is, we if he had come out and said I got something big and he put up a Marvel logo, we wouldn't sure. care. You know what I mean? Yes. So the the fact that he did put it out there has it is DC. That's cool, but I also like that he's got a creator own and he's doing something for Marvel and you know, yeah. keeps me on my toes. I like it. But even if it's not, even if it's not, Taylor might be doing something completely different. This might be, this could be anything. Um, is this going to be its own individual book? Is this a story that's going to actually take place in one of the ongoing books? We don't really know yet. It's just kind of yeah. Giving it its own logo like that implies it'll be its own thing. Mm. Um, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, so I can I can dust off all my Mister Freeze uh, puns from Batman and Robin uh, come this December. Hey Pete. Yeah. I killed the dinosaurs. The Ace Age! That's so dumb. <laughs> Venta is coming to Gotham. Okay. Um, that is the, the main bit of the news. Uh, there. I don't really have anything else. Uh, unless you guys want to talk about the, the, the Tom King, J. Lee flub on Twitter. Uh, no, it okay. ended up being nothing. Yeah, it did, yeah. Uh, so yeah, all I mean the end result is there was no news, and no news is 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 good news, I suppose. Uh, in in so. this situation, yeah. Yeah, but I uh, don't like the fact that that becomes news because of other things, and I just I hate social media right now. I really do. Not not everybody on it. Like there's there's people on there I love to interact with, but the the actual process of rushing out. Let's let's get this out before anything else can form. Oh, it's rough. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had the other news, Connor, you wanted to interject. No, it was just the Tom Taylor thing, but then I thought, well, I'll just throw it in with the other one. Yeah. Um Okay, there you go. So there you go. News. This is done. Uh, so we'll we'll get head first at some some questions here. Uh, I will start with an email. Um now this this uh person here. It knows fine well that I'm going to struggle to pronounce their name and did not offer any help uh, in the email as to how to pronounce said name. So I can only assume that they want me to embarrass myself and butcher it, but uh, I'll give it my best go. So this comes from uh, P. Ulugbodi. If I butchered that, I apologize, but you knew fine well it was going to happen. So let it be known. If you want me to pronounce your name right, at least try and tell me give, how to give, do it. Give him a phonetic guide. Yes. Um, but hey, so, so, a couple of questions here in this email. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about Lois Lane's final issue, you said it wasn't a complete book that you could give to someone. For both major and minor characters, what are some of the complete books you feel you can give to someone? Example, members of the Justice League, T-Titans, Bat Family, Superman Family, Flash Family, whoever, uh, kind of thing. So that's the first question. Uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit in that discussion, I think. I think um, we, can, we can ignore Batman and Superman because they obviously have tons. Yeah, um, but other characters, any of the ones that are like a year one, barring the recent Flash one, are pretty mm. safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, Rucka's Wonder Woman year one does work surprisingly well, even though I think ultimately you should still read the whole run and read it in that context, but it does work on its yeah. own as well. You you could just read year one and it'd be fine. Um, uh, the JLA year one by Wade from you know, a while back is pretty good. It's like a 12-issue series, I think. Yeah, so this is, I mean, yeah, like Green Arrow Year One works. Uh, anything that clearly implies an origin story kind of works. Uh, 
you know, obviously Supergirl being Supergirl's one we championed early on in the show because that was coming out in the early days mm-hmm. of Rebirth. And, that, and that, that's a pretty definitive Supergirl story too. It kind of gives you the beats that you need for that character. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what you want when when you recommend something like that so they can just get a vibe. That's it. I would put an asterisk. I would put an asterisk on that one though, because it's definitely an alternate take on the character. Because it's not mm-hmm. like with the type of Supergirl you get in continuity. It's a very different right. kind of. Yeah, I don't think that really. Matters. In terms of, in this is the, the scenario of giving, giving a story to a person to say, hey, this is why you might like this character, even though it's a different take. It captures the essence. So if you like yeah. that, you would like. Oh sure. Supergirl ah, it's something I would definitely mention when I recommend it. Though I say it's not necessarily like the ongoing. You know what the character you're going to find elsewhere, mm-hmm. but yeah, as, but as a standalone yeah. story, you can read and sort of give to someone. Yeah, same, same with the the Brian Q. Miller Batgirl with Steph, right? You kind of give that because it is kind of a definitive Steph story. Uh, you can, but it's not really one book though. That's like, you know, like... that's a whole run. Yeah. All right. Well, then the first trade, then right, because that that introduces the idea of her taking over as Batgirl. Uh, tr- I mean, true, but only in so much as any volume one could work that way. I don't know if that's a complete thing, though. Like, I think the point of this question is a book you can hand. It's a beginning, middle, and end. It's a complete story. Yeah. Um, anything that's a a mini series or a straight yeah. to graphic novel is pretty safe for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, quality may vary. <laughs> as... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, I I'm a big fan of the uh the Black Canary and Zatanna uh graphic novel from Dini. Uh, that's real good. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Um. Yeah. But that that is notable though that there's definitely some characters who are kind of missing this. You know, I don't think Flash well, has one of these. I don't no, because I'm racking my brain these. for it, and there's really not one. Um. That's not like an Elseworlds, but then again, you don't want to hand in Elseworlds. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, Elseworlds are a bit different to like. Supergirl being super isn't really an Elseworlds. Elseworlds no. are like, you know, this well, very kind of oh. sideways look at them. Yeah. I mean, a Harleen then, right? Because that's a different day. That's like being super. Oh, yeah. But for Harley yeah. Quinn. Um, I, I, think, I think we said that, that would that, that's now the yeah. Harley recommended book that you give to someone when yeah. they're just getting into comics. We said that when we were reviewing it. it yeah, that, yeah. That, that very much. That, that sort of stood up and said no. Because Harley didn't have that before, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And that book no. said no. I'm taking that crown. <laughs> this is now the Harley. Before book. that, it was probably just like the Mad Love trade. Yeah, which is perfectly solid. Would Would you consider something like the JSA, the Golden Years, or the Golden Era? Gold. What the hell is it? Golden Age. There we go. Golden I knew I'd get it. Yeah, it was yeah. James Robinson. Yeah, that, that was. It It's mm. not quite JSA, but it gives you enough of the beats of who these characters are. That you know. It's as close as you're going to get to a can find J- jsa yeah. story i guess it's yeah. a boring ass answer because i guess it's just a year one but batgirl year one is actually very mm-hmm. good uh, if you want like you know because c- classic babs batgirl is kind of a thing that doesn't exist on its own because it was you know there was no batgirl book back when she was actually active as batgirl uh, obviously we have a lot of modern babs batgirls you know from new 52 onwards but um but the, her, her origin in that book is very well done it's an nine issue series uh, it's a very easy book to recommend to someone I'm just mm-hmm. looking at my shelf and if anything sticks out that's not Batman or Superman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but Batman and Superman have absolutely tons. There's, there's so many yeah. you can recommend for those. Um, You know, I, I don't know if, like, you know, because some of these like, sort of families that are mentioned, like Teen Titans, like, I'm like, is there, like, a, a Raven book or a Starfire book that you'd go, hey, this is what will took you on these characters? Yes. I mean, 
Starfire the, the Starfire. Yeah. It's still only 12 issues. Right. Yeah, but does it work as a standalone thing for someone yeah. who doesn't know who Starfire is? Yeah, because yeah, it is Connor and Palmiotti's version of Starfire that she kind of, you know, that's why it's my favorite one, because it's so unique. Um, and you can see it bleeding into other versions of her, or, you know, but that one's up there. Or that one, we talked about that one a lot, yeah. me and Connor. Raven, I would actually recommend that recent uh, graphic novel, the one that the one that's for teens. Cammy Garcia. Cammy Garcia with the uh, piccolo art. Yeah, that's uh, that's real mm. good. Uh, that works as a good, you know, standalone introduction to Raven. Yeah, mm. uh, but I think it's quite notable because I think DC have a lot more of these than Marvel do. I think Marvel don't tend to have a lot of these standalone stories that are not connected to runs or anything like that. Uh, but even DC, when you start talking about them, it becomes quite apparent that a lot of their bigger characters. Uh, after your, your top, you know, your trinity. I think it's it's worth noting that there are a lot of these stories that are part of larger runs that you can read on their own. But if mm-hmm. it, it's hard, you know, we're of the type of people that we don't want to recommend volume eight of a you know fourteen volume series. But no, that, that often can work as a story on its own that you that, can just jump in. That is just as insane to me as saying, "Hey, you should watch season four, episode." five of this thing to see if you hey, like the show people routinely told me that when i asked about doctor who they said to start <laughs> with blank and that's like what season three yeah that's that's yeah. like um kind of what i'm i'm yeah here is the idea of if you if you want to see just what it's like as an right. introduction this story well even though it's in the middle of other things it has enough context in its own right and gives you everything it needs mm. that uh, I mean, I, I think of a story in, in comics, um, the uh, Superman and Legion story uh, is like in the middle of John's run, essentially. Mm-hmm. But you, it completely just, you can take it out, pick it on its own, read that, and then go, well, now do you want to read the rest of John's run? Right. Um, and, and it works uh, perfectly fine like that. Hmm. Um. <laughs> I'm never going to do it though. I'm not going to recommend it because. <laughs> because... I mean, I right, well, you should book read that book. It's, it's so good. I don't mean that book specifically. I mean, I'm talking about what we're talking about here. Recommending something in the middle of a run, well, I would never that do kind it. Of is. <laughs> that is just in the middle of a run. I know, but I'm, I, I know. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm saying that that's not what I'm arguing here. I'm saying I would never recommend anything from the middle of a run. Hey, I'm not, I'm I want to spe- make a recommendation right now. I'm not speaking specifically read... about that book. You also yes. read Wonder Woman issue eight. Ah, oh, shut up, Matt. <laughs> He's right, though. And, and Douglas Evely. Uh, oh, dear. Fantastic. Um, I, I don't even know what to... Okay. Uh, all right, there are questions here in, the, in this uh, email. So as we said in previous episodes, that post-crisis DC was your favourite era. What are your favourite things about it, and what do you feel the current DC universe needs to change and improve? I think something we have to clarify here is that when we say our favourite era is post-crisis, we don't actually mean, like, like right at the start the of post crisis, we're we're no. really talking more the two thousands. We're talking, and I was thinking of this because yeah. I read this email earlier, right? When I was just looking through to see what we had, and I was thinking about this a little bit in terms of like why it is the two thousands more or less that we all kind of gravitate towards. And outside of the obvious part of that's when we kind of started reading comics, so that's when we fell in love with a lot of these things. Blah blah. All the, all the normal things you may predict is that I think comic books before crisis, right? Is that Continuity was there by that point, and it was something that was sort of seeping into more and more comics and this idea of a world and characters evolving and changing and growing and all that stuff. It was all kind of there. But it happened very gradually over like several, several decades uh, to the point where not everything's kind of at that point at once. And 
I think when Crisis happened, they kind of reset a lot of the history. I think the reason why the 2000s era of DC Comics is so goddamn good is because it's enough time after that reset that enough new history had been built that it felt like it had a lot of history, but it didn't take four decades like the, the past version did. It only took about a decade or so because by that point, all the comics were ingrained in continuity it's, and building these stories and evolving their characters. It's what, in theory, could have happened after the New 52, right? In, in the sense that, okay, here's your starting point, and it's a, a neat starting point in that where not everything is starting from scratch. There's Here's things we're collating, like, almost like a, a greatest hit starting point, and we go from there. But the problem is they kind of went too far back and just ended up having to redo stories instead. Um, but yeah. it's, it's a similar idea where Crisis, okay, it reset things, it, it wiped the table clean, but put things back in, in a place that was pseudo-familiar. Like It was maybe not entirely new, but okay, we, this character we want in this place and this one in that place, but now we're all starting from there and moving forward together uh, and building from that point. And I think that's the, the problem with the new two is it could have done that again if it had been done a little bit smarter. Yeah, but like I say, I'm not talking about just when it happened. I'm talking about much later, you know, after a oh, decade yeah, yeah, of development. If, it, if, if the New 52 from the start had been handled better, we could be at that point again now in terms of the same sort of feeling that we're talking about in terms of, okay, we started from this point and we grew. Uh, I mean, but... theory's a hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Theory's a hell no, of a thing. You know what Connor's saying there, because what we enjoy about all that at that point is that built in, and it's hard to, or, you know, that's what was a big problem with New 52 is everything was so fresh and there really wasn't a guidebook, right? Like somehow Batman had only been Batman for a couple of years. It had been through four Robins. Yeah, it, right? was, it was a problem where it went back too far with everyone of like, this mm -hmm. is the start, five years, that's it. Right. And, and everyone started feeling like too fresh, like there was no right. history there, as opposed to in post-crisis where there was still history. Mm -hmm. It was just a condensed form cool. of it, but not as and much. And what helped with, with post-crisis, right? You had year one, you had Burns, Man of Steel, you had the George Perez Wonder Woman, yeah. uh, you had uh, who was on Flash post when Wally took over right uh, away. Po post, I, I don't know, because Wade started yeah. in like the 50s or 60s, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but you had all this, it was... So you're giving origins to these already known characters, but then you're giving Wally, you know, who's this legacy character now, because Barry died in the crisis, right? So, and then... You jump forward 25 years, right? Is my math right? No, 15 no, years. Yeah, I'm only 15, yeah. Yeah, 15 years, and now there's all this, you know, Nightwing's got, uh, you know, Dick's become Nightwing, right? And and he goes off to Bloodhaven, and, you know, there's Young Justice, because there's no Teen Titans. Like, there's just all this I think stuff that's there that you can grab onto. And, like, when I first got back into comics, it was, you know, Batman, Superman... And or Superman, Batman, in John Teen Titans. Those are the first two books I was picking up, and you know the John Teen Titans was kind of steeped in this mythology that you didn't have to go back and read the New Teen Titans, but it helped. But you can tell it was influenced. Yeah. And then you know Jeff Loeb's uh, Superman, Batman was just these fun little stories that were in continuity, but were just off enough that he can kind of do what he wanted, and it was you know scratching all those itches. So. I just love that era for that kind of storytelling. I think for me, it was just the 
the overall mythology and continuity of the world just all felt so rich and everything felt connected and and not everything was perfect obviously there are those bad stories mm-hmm. sprinkled throughout the whole thing of course there is they're always oh, going yeah. to be but everything just felt you know whenever i like you know read a character or a specific story from that time period it always made me want to read what came before in another book because oh mm-hmm. oh so i read this bit in different places oh well so what was going on in wonder woman then right now which happened to be ruckus yeah. run of course at the time and then or i read something else it's like oh wait i want to then read go back and read what was happening in green lantern because that's mm-hmm. built up to this thing and it's that, that's tying into this other book and it, it kind of functioned in the way that comics in theory are supposed to in a shared continuity where there's this domino effect of wanting to read more and more uh, mm-hmm. Which obviously kills all of our bank accounts, but that's just kind of like the, the purpose. Yeah, and then and then you get to my age, and you're like, oh, I'd love to read that, but I don't have the the bandwidth for everything <laughs> else, you know. Yeah, um, and I, I think the the, the 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 big thing about New Fifty Two is not just the how it was handled; it's that trying to do a complete weight like that when what we all loved about the world in the first place was how rich it was in its history that it built over the last at that point you know 20 or so years yeah and so. i think it's showing that as as much as we like a lot of stuff from rebirth we're, we're not in that same mindset right now because joker war started you know this week mm-hmm. yeah and i have no interest in reading all the other tie-ins that are related to it whereas in those days i'd be like okay where else can i get more yeah. Of this story? yeah i mean when Flashpoint happened, I picked up every single, you know, mini, right? And, and that's what eventually broke me from doing that. I'm like, I don't need to do this. Like, you know, um, so it's a lesson learned. But, I mean, I still fall into that trap. For some, I mean, I checked out Nightwing last week. Uh-huh. So, you know. Uh-huh. Um, did you read Batgirl this week? No. Oh, there you go. Or, or Detective Comics. Well, because I, le- I learned my lesson. You know, as, even though Detective Comics this week was a road to or prelude to Joker War, so it really wasn't yeah. a tie-in. But it's got the banner on it because, you know, I did peak because, like, what Pete was saying last week, you know, maybe Tomasi with a, uh, you know, having a tie-in because that's where he kind of made his bones might might be worth it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. Um, now, it's funny because for a while I went where... I only followed creators to so whoever would come up with the book. And then I went to characters and now it's a hybrid of the two, you know? So I think even just being on a podcast kind of makes you check out a few things you may not have otherwise for the well, sake of, you know, well, there's that, but the discussion. Yeah. But I would have, you know, I would have checked out blue beetle regardless. Cause I, I do like that character regardless of being on the show. And, you know, I might not have read it for as long. I, I, I love that you bring up Blue Beetle as if it's a recent example, and that was like right at the start of the show. <laughs> that, yeah, was, that was like episode but, four. Yeah, but we made like <laughs> how many issues of that? Like six, seven? Yeah, we made about seven of those. I, yeah. If, yeah. if it wasn't for the show, I wouldn't have made it that far. Sure. But I definitely yeah. would have checked it out because I do like Blue Beetle, and I still do that with, with certain books now. Where, hey, every, everything's, you know, uh, everything's a slider, it's like a gauge, right? Where. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I say the same thing about just reading books based on characters. There's characters that I care enough about that the threshold of which I will drop the book is a little bit, you know, different from if I just don't care about the character. Uh, you know, if I, if I go to... Let's, let's say I'm trying to uh, help Blizzard, but I don't have a share with that character. So unless the writer knocks out of the park and, or the artist knocks out of the park in that first issue, I just don't care. I'm, I'm gone. Um, yeah. But I really care about Dick Grayson. So, you know, I will trudge through some sludge 
yeah. in the hopes that it's going to get better or in the hopes that it's important and you know I'll, I'll give it more leeway and it's kind of the same thing the show adds like an extra little like you know if you think of it in video game terms it's a little modifier of like you know plus three percent like tolerance where oh because because i do a show i'm there's a slight nudge to also try and you know rough it out a little bit more than I mean, it would be but there's still a, there's, it, still a, it, there's a point of no return still though there's still a point where no i can't read this anymore it's terrible a, a good example of that is if you weren't doing this show yes do you think you'd have got as far as you did with flash flash is probably, yeah flash is probably a very good example uh, the, the current run of Flash, I might have, I might have opted out maybe about twenty issues ago. <laughs> Thirty. You're issues. only kind of going through it because, well, it's for yeah. the show. And yeah. I, I don't know. I know you, you've been, you know, better on it the last handful of issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there was a not... time where you were definitely no, point, not enjoying it at all. Point does stands. I mean, I stopped reading Superman in New Fifty Two because of the writer who must not be named. Right, dropped it. It was the first time I dropped Superman in all the years I'd been back reading comics, and then Johns takes it over. And so I had dropped it for maybe three issues before picking it back up, you know? So I'm, I understand that. Yeah. That is... You're just like, I can't take it anymore. Oh, wait, new writer. Okay. I'm back. Yeah. Just, just think so... about it in terms of an RPG. You're rolling a D20, but you've got a stat that's like plus three for certain characters. So it's easier to like fall within the, the safe role <laughs> for a while, you know? Uh, and inevitably, it, at some point, that luck's going to run out, and you'll exactly, still, yeah, yeah. The plus three won't be yeah. enough. Exactly. Again, yeah. Yes, Nightwing is a great example. Yeah. Um, and that, that's why those ones though, we hated the writer so much that it only took one issue. We, you know, we gave that one issue a chance at fifty or whatever it was, and it was like, okay, no, <laughs> like I know what I need to know here. I, I don't, I don't need to try this anymore. Uh, every, everything's, everything's on a slider, and it's the same with anything really. But obviously, we're talking about comics here specifically. Uh, so yeah, so thanks to Pay for that email. Uh, I'll jump over to Twitter where the rest of our questions reside. And uh, we'll look at some of these. Uh, I want to actually go through all of these because uh, there's one in there specifically that was basically a build your own Justice League, but just with a slight twist on it. And I mean, I see you. I see what you're doing. Uh, no, no chance. Uh, so from oh my god, I, I hate how uh, TweetDeck hides the. Uh, the actual uh, handle uh, at Superman's underscore Papa. Uh, with Williams's run ending on DC, sorry, with Williams's run ending, obviously meaning Flash, DC not making a splash with the big creative team for the ongoing and death metal teasing a status quo shift uh, next year, as well as presenting a Flash family tie-in with Speed Metal. Uh, what would you like to see, and what direction would you want for the book? So, um, pie in the skies, like we get rid of Bar- Barry and we give it to Wally. <laughs> Like, sure, I'll take that. But, I mean... Realistically, I just want a book that's good. I mean, I I don't need, like, a specific direction. uh, If it's a Barry book, it's a Barry book. That's fine. It's a boring answer, but yeah, ultimately, that's all I really want is a good book. (laughs) Here's the thing. I want them to take the double shipping Mm -hmm. and split that into two books. Ah, okay. one book, you can focus on Barry, keep him as the main Flash, right? Bruce is Batman, he's Flash. The second book... You can do Flash Family rotating. We've been saying this for like want. two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. To me, it's the best of both worlds. It was here. the uh, have we've been saying that about Wonder Flash. Woman as well. I mean, admittedly, Tamaki's runs about to start, and we might love that, so I may right. not complain about having two of that a month. But there was a period where we said, why not have Wonder Woman just be two books? You know, Wonder Woman and Sensation Comics, and have two different you know teams on yeah, Wonder we, Woman we, books. We can do it on Batman and Superman. So why not some of these right. others? 
Yeah. So uh, although Batman just gets to have two of both books, but yeah. Well, that's because right. Batman. And, yeah, because Batman. Right. Look, look. If you sell as much as Batman, you can have four books. As yes, well. that's true. Yes. But uh, but yeah, and then it it could rotate or it could do the you know the 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 Flash family thing where it's kind of like you know Tynan's detective run where we get a little piece of of each uh, speedster, you know, you know, some like Wally gets an arc and then Bart gets an arc and yeah, I we suppose, get a Max Mercury story in there. You know? I suppose the thing that we're really saying that we are all unanimous on is we want a Flash family book, not necessarily instead of the main book, just to go along with it. I suppose that's yeah, the direction right. we want more than anything. Yeah. Right. Hell, I'll just take I, rotating Flash minis of the, the other mm, characters. Yeah. Uh, so if we have a main too. Flash book and then yeah. here's a Wally mini, here's a, a J mini, whoever, you know, take your pick. Yeah, Avery, Wallace, uh, Max, Jesse, whoever. Yeah, like, they uh, might not all be good. We might not like all of them. Right. But I, I like the variety. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. Uh, so no. Yeah, I just hoping they actually have something interesting planned, or I, or, you know, or just you know what, put Tom Taylor on the book, and I'll just I'll shop to that'll. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, yeah, he is. He is. You know, he did the. Oh, you know, he didn't do that issue, did he? A Suicide Squad. No, no, no. The uh, Flash Annual. That was Williamson. That was, was Williamson. Williamson. Um, yeah, yeah. Damn. I was gonna say he has some, you know, familiarity. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I feel like he would handle Flash quite well. I mean, I know it's a cop-out for us. Every time we're asked, like, what would you want for, for, for the, the direction of this book? Well, put Tom Taylor on it. <laughs> it works yeah. for everything. <laughs> just yeah. about. Just about. Um, so, uh, at Talking Superman, uh, usual, I uh, got cheeky with the just squeezing in a question at the last minute. Uh, mm -hmm. What are your guys' favourite colorists in comics? And oh, um, That's easy. Is it, is, is it Bel Air? Is that what you're going to say? No, no, Matt Wilson. Ah, okay. But hands down. Uh, uh, is the one who's like that name pops up in so many comics in the in the yeah. colorist section. When you know, Belair's actually also writing and drawing comics as well, but also yeah. does the color for like so many books. Well, it's insane. Multifaceted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Stad is a colorist, as far as I know. Hmm. Uh, uh Gareth's, I mean, colors his own work as well. There's a lot of artists who color their own work, which uh, definitely. Gives you that more, I don't know. Yeah, you've got some who, like, um, I know Sorrentino always colours the first issue of his own work uh, mm -hmm. for a run, so that whoever is the mm -hmm. colourist afterwards, he's he's like, no, I've set up the style and template and the, the palette that I want mm -hmm. it to be. Okay, yeah. Uh, makes some sense. Uh, Brad Anderson's pretty good. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, of course, uh, Matt Hollingsworth as well is another staple name that does a lot of really strong, reliable work. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know if I, I sort of take in the colorist names as much as I should uh, when I'm reading comics. Because it's such a big impact on what the comic looks like. Um, yeah. But it's not, it's not something I, I register in my brain as much as the writer and artist for fairly obvious reasons, just because frequently it holds so much, I and, guess. I know DC has had cover credits for colorists for decades at this point. Uh, I think Marvel were lagging behind. I don't know if they fixed that now. Um, but I think DC have had them for a while now. and mm. So you know, we should be noticing them more. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so from at Comb Factor, took a, took a couple of questions here. Uh, first of all, uh, it's a bit of a gimmick now, but which character would you like to see Tom King do a 12-issue series on and with what artist? Uh, this has definitely become his thing now, right? But obviously Mr. Yeah. Miracle was huge. 
And now we have, you know, Strange Adventures. And with the announcement of Rorschach, it's like, okay, that's just his shtick. This yeah, is what he does now. To be fair, I think his vision thing before that was 12 issues as well, right? Oh, sure. I was yeah. just specifically thinking DC. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Man. Sheriff of Babylon, issues. maybe? Sheriff of Babylon's 12. Are they 12? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and, and I just think if that's the way his brain works in telling stories, great. Because sometimes it works. Uh, and other times you give him seven issues and it doesn't work. All right, all right. Let's not turn this into Heroes in Crisis thing again, all right? I'm not. I was moving on. I was saying, it's strange how structured it is to be consistent with 12 issues. Like, some Mm -hmm. people are like, okay, this is a a nine-issue story, and I've got to make it fit, whereas he seems to come in with 12 consistent. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just how his brain works, I guess. It's just it's like TV writers are just used to the 13-episode season. They just always mm-hmm. think about it in terms of 13 chapters. And oh, yeah? Yeah. They're just so ingrained in And then that. you give them 10, and they're like, I don't, they don't know what to do. Like, ah, I've lost, no, I've lost, two, I've lost three hours of TV here. What do I do? Ah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in terms of like who you'd like to see him do, I mean, troubled characters. He seems to take broken characters and tell great stories about them. Honestly, I think a good answer to this is a callback to the first question. Uh, any of those characters that we couldn't think of that had a <laughs> yeah, good, you go. a, a good you know, book to hand to someone? It's a very good any point, yes. I mean, now that he's doing Rorschach, the question kind of seems... Pointless. So I'd like him... Yeah, Redundant. it seems pointless because there's so much yeah. crossover. Because that would be cool. I feel doing like... the question and, and what it means, like, black and white. I... Although I'm sure this is what Rorschach's going to be, so... Yeah, I'd like to see on a higher profile character because at the minute they've all kind of been side yeah. characters. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking what Green Lantern I'd like to see tackle, and I think the main four interest me less. But I think either Baz or uh, Jessica both have some interesting like backstories and character. Like the, their yeah. stories maybe like, lend themselves to the way the way that Tom King looks at you know psychology. I wouldn't mind seeing like an Aquaman one where it's ah, Aquaman as the ruler, you know, as, as, as the king and kind of dealing with that side of things and him coping and, you know, having the, the burden not. of the responsibility. I think who, that would be kind of all in nicely in the history. Who, who's the artist on this Aquaman Tom King book? It's a good question. Who, who do I want as a good Aquaman artist? I, I don't know. My, my gut says Fraser Irving, but I mean... For Aquaman? I don't know, underwater. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, give me give me the the nightmare fuel version of Aquaman. I, I I don't think I want that in that particular story. Okay. I, I, Fraser Irving on like a a horror take, sure. How about? Hmm. I mean, he's already done like a, a, a short Swamp Thing story. So Swamp Thing seems like a really obvious like yep. answer for him. I mean, in in that realm, and it's self parody at this point. But I want him to clarify the poison ivy stuff from his Batman run. Oh. Because it didn't really get cleared up, right? I, I never uh, want him to bring it up again, because it's just going to feel shoehorned into whatever he throws it into. No, because I'd, I'd like to see... Because what what with what we got from that mini with her and Harley, and that status quo of, you know, anytime if she splits herself off, you know, it's almost like multiple man in that way. You know, which, which, which Ivy's the real Ivy, right? Mm-hmm. Is Ivy Pamela Isley? Is she this whole new creature? You know, is she still human? Like, I think there's a lot to tackle. You talk about the psychology there, you know. Uh, that could be interesting, yeah. Yeah, all right. Maybe Same. I just want more GSA character stuff, but maybe Alan Scott would be a good tackle. All of his family stuff Ooh. with Obsidian Ooh. and all that. Wildcat. Yeah. The, the boxer who's, yeah. you know, come up from nothing. 
He's a superhero. His only power is basically he could, you know, punch real good. It, it, it says a there. lot that we're, we're really not that fussy here. No, like, yeah. there's very few that I'd be upset like, about. Rorschach was the first one where I went, really? You know, that was a bit like, I don't really want that. Of all things. I mean, Ooh. it's the funny. Spectre. As much as we're, we're, we're yes. going for these more broken characters, if they did, they'd just like, sort of say, no, oh, he's done a 12 issue story about Barry Allen. I'd be like, you know what? Cool. Let's see what he does. I'm sure he'll have something yeah. interesting to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just said the Spectre, but Pete, you want Fraser Irving? Put oh. Fraser Irving on a Tom King Spectre comic. Oh, there you go. Now that, I'd, I'd read more than the actual. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, because yeah. uh, I just, I, I associate Fraser Irving with, with Doctor Strange because of the Jason Aaron run. And he did a really wicked Dormammu. So um, I think, I'd like to see what he would do. With... If I'm doing Irving on these sorts of things, I'd, I'd have preferred him on the Green Lantern book over the Aquaman one. Have him oh, do yeah. like, you know, stuff in space. deep space. Yeah, no, yeah. I'd, I'd been into that for sure. Um, yeah, I I think obviously what King does is he he, he looks at the uh, the actual like drama and tragedy of a character and really mm-hmm. kind of explores it. So I feel like any any character we can ascribe that to, and let's face it, most comic book characters, even if they're less obvious in this realm, they mostly most for the, for the most part you can tie them to something like that and make it work. Um, I mean that's that's I mean I'm going to call it right now. When Tom King's ready to retire from comics in like thirty years' time, his final twelve issue story is going to be uh, Kite Man, right? That's going to be his capper to his whole it career. Be. <laughs> I was calling it now. Uh, right, another question from a uh, co-factor, uh, and I want every book we just said, basically, for the record. <laughs> like I'll, I'll read them all. Um, so right, how would you save DC Universe? If it can be saved, how long do you think it has left? This is an interesting question because this is tied into uh, stuff that me and Carl have been talking about in the TV news and stuff like that recently. Because basically DC Universe has no longer really any original content and production that's been made just for it. Uh, all of it's been taken from other things. Stargirl is now a CW exclusive. Uh, yeah. it, it has Doom Patrol, but that's also on HBO Max. We've got, the, and those are coming to an end on their current seasons within yeah. the next few weeks. And after that, the only thing upcoming will be Titan season three. Which is like when TBA, who knows? Could be any time at this yeah. point. So So do you guys think they'll they'll get rid of the programming and just turn it into their comic app? I, I think that's what you do. I think um you don't even need to change the pricing too much because right. it's already comparable with Marvel Unlimited. I think right. all you need to do is shift it from a year wait down to six months. And just say that's the the trade off for okay, no other mm-hmm. original content will be six months behind instead of a year behind. Because you think, do it at the same that price. What, is that what Marvel Unlimited is? Is, is it six months? Yeah, that's why that's why I suggested it. I yeah. think it's yeah. okay. it's the same. Uh, just to make it a direct competitor. Because right now it's it's longer, but you have all the other content there. Yeah. Um, to to I, fill it out, which makes it seem uh, re- reasonable. As as far as like yeah. saving it as it is now with like original like TV content, I feel like it, no, there's no there's no time left. It's done. It's already dead basically. I mean, do you really want more Swamp Thing, Tim? <laughs> uh, I'm, oh, I Does he really like that show? I, I don't know with him. He's, he's being him, weird. Or is he just messing with us? Because at a certain point, I don't know anymore, and I've I've known the guy for like six seven years at this point. And I can't get a beat on him. Matt, it's been four years and I still don't know if he actually likes the boy or if he's just yanking my chain. No, I think... I I fully believe he loves the boy. <laughs> I, I, I go guess. back and forth every, every few months. I'll be like, yeah. no, he's just shitting with us. <laughs> we gotta um, get like, Melissa and be like, hey, he just, does, he, just... does he have a Brahms at home? <laughs> does he make you address Brahms? 
And if she says no, then it, it's a it's a joke. But if she says yes, then we got to get help. Just, he, he says it with such sincerity mm. that, that he, he does. can't help. Well, and he does like. And again, I don't know where it ends. Go go look at the Hellboy review from last year, where he he crapped all over it, but still gave it like an eight because it's Hellboy. So like, I I would like to know. Because I feel like he's already got a pact in place with the wife that their firstborn has to be called Brahms, and I don't know how he's how he's achieved this, but he's he's won some bet that's ensured that that's what's going to happen. And that's why they keep getting more dogs so they can stave <laughs> yeah. off. The, they can stave off the, the kid. Uh, but oh dear. yeah, I because I don't know anyone outside of Tim that liked the Swamp Thing show. That's why I'm. I don't think that's the answer. Although the Harley show, I do want to watch it, but so good. Which, which notably, I'm, I'm hoping they throw which, it to HBO Max. Well, notably, it's already got another destination. It's going to air on. Uh, I forget what network it is, but it's going to be on a cable network. How is it? I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm well, sure I read that. If they put it all there, I'll, I'll give it a watch because I have all those apps like, having cable. It's so so good. Uh, honestly, yeah. you, uh, and it's not just you, Connor. I have some some of the people that follow me on Twitter are telling me. How good it is, and it's one of their favorite things and, to watch. And, and you, as you a know. as an Ivy fan in particular, yeah. like this is hands down my favorite version of Ivy. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I do want to see that. I want to watch Star Girl, and the CW app kind of stinks. So like, yeah. You know. All right, but I mean, we're at the point where we're just kind of listening to content that's on there. I, I think the actual service was kind of a blunder from the start in that they didn't really actually think that far ahead if it was sustainable. They didn't, For some reason, they didn't predict that, oh, hey, we're launching this big HBO streaming service, which they knew was going to happen. Like, like Warner that Brothers knew they were doing to, that. I think that was uh, AT&T once they took over. They have this whole thing of keeping the divisions separate and in the dark from each other. So mm -hmm. when the DCS was announced, they didn't know that HBO Max was in the works because no one told them because they, they, they have this whole competing with the other divisions kind of vibe that they that they try right. and foster apparently yeah which is stupid in so many and levels for us um, so i don't even blame the people who came up with that so i mean i don't think it can be saved in the sense that it's never going to be the big thing they wanted to turn into as a marvel unlimited uh, competitor it can exist as that if they even want to do that because part of me thinks that i mean everyone's suggesting that because it's the obvious thing to do but part of me wonders, like, do they even want to have that? Do they, do they, want, do they want to have that to offer to people? If, I, it, if it brings in easy money, then yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I know people look at, do but, have it. That's what they use it mostly for. Oh, sure. Is but, the comics. But how, so, how many stupid decisions have they already made? So just because it's the smart decision does not make me confident they're going to take it. <laughs> no, it's the, the, the obvious thing to do in the sense that it's, it's low maintenance, it's low upkeep. They don't have to produce any, you know exclusive content uh, they just get to sit back and reap the rewards and there are very there's maybe a very small percentage of people who will stop reading monthly and switch over to this being six months behind instead yeah but as we've but talked I about uh, as we've talked about low. before though such a small percentage is digital anyway that you know it's only going to be digital readers who might switch and so you know the, the physical readers aren't going to switch from yeah, the monthly comics to wait in six recall, months uh, it was didio last year tom at how uh, digital sales have kind of plateaued. They're not growing anymore like they thought they were going to. Uh, not, not at the rate they were expecting anyway. Um, so for them, having a, a subscription service, which is where a lot of a lot of people's mindset is in terms of value right now, uh, yeah. 
after you know after Netflix kind of took over, that has kind of been the way forward that people think about their consuming their media. So yeah. maybe it's actually a really smart idea for them to do it that way. Yeah. All right. So I think we'll do one more question before we go into the books. Uh, so from at Bearded Geek Twenty Four, sorry Bearded Underscore uh, Geek Twenty Four, mm-hmm. uh, what's your favorite non-traditional Superman logo design? Mine is Red Sun, Earth Fourteen Justice League of Assassins, mm-hmm. and Bizarro. Uh, I feel like Matt's probably going to be the one that actually has answers for this off the top of his head. So D- does Connors count, which is just the red on black? It's just the traditional. I but I, mean, I guess I, I love it. I'd say the Kingdom Come one for me. Yeah, Kingdom Comes up there. I actually, I know it's it's a stupid gimmicky answer. The electric Superman logo, I think, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it's definitely of a time, right? Oh but yeah, that time being was, shite. Sure, I mean, but at the same time, I just. I mean, cool... you say that, but I miss the mullet. Superman suited that mullet. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> and so we now have to question everything Pete says because his taste yes. is clearly not trusted. He's in the pro the the. Pro mullet party. Super Let's Superman see. with that longer hair was a good look. Um, him and then the Justice League next time was Kyle with that visor. Man, good times. Good good times for the look of the Justice League. I tell you right that right now. Uh, I'm looking up some other ones because there's not a lot <laughs> that are coming up. Uh, to to yeah. Mm. I, honestly, it's hard. To, I don't really have any standouts that like yeah it's a superman logo it's hard to mess it up that badly i don't have any particular favorites mainly because i'm not necessarily someone who like i'm kind of boring and i just always like the main one the best <laughs> like i just want a regular superman logo let's see there's the electric yeah yeah so far um ultraman uh just the big u and sickle, yeah. Captain Carrots is actually kind of cool because it's got the carrot, and then the mm-hmm. the traditional Pentagon makes a the C, you know, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, hmm. I want to say I don't remember if Super Chief has a logo. I feel like it's like the Superman logo, but there's an eagle in it. I feel, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, no. There's there's a lot of cool fun takes on it. Yeah, um, a lot of them are just so similar through. though that I'm just like, yeah, I it's, mean, it's hard. Yeah, there's, like... the, there's definitely a lot that I hate. Uh, <laughs> I could say that with uh, certainty. Um, I don't like when it does when it gets too blocky or too like it needs a there's a Goldilocks zone where it needs to be just angular, but not too curly. You know, so like I'm looking at like the. Like the old one from from the nineteen what is that from Christ on Infinite Earth on this image I'm looking at it's the history of Superman logo that one's like perfect to me because it's perfectly angular and curly versus you know some of the older ones that are a little bit too I know curly. Matt's favorite's the uh, the injustice uh, design. What's that look like? <laughs> uh... I, don't know. I mean, the logo itself is actually not that weird, but it kind of connects to the cape, yeah. and it's got this kind of gotcha. sort of tanky yeah. look to it. I'm not into it. Yeah, I, and into the, the one thing I, I will say about the the Man of Steel movie, that logo is not bad. I actually like what it did with the like the texturing mm. of it, yeah. where it makes it feel like you know it's it's familiar, but it is different enough that it I stands d- out on its own. I definitely liked it more than the Superman Returns version of the logo. Yeah, which always small. Yeah, I always just felt a little bit. I don't know, they went a bit too rounded with some of it. 
for me. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. That's what everyone wants us to talk about. The intricacies of the, the, the logo. And... The logo design. I mean, it is. I mean, I know there are people that are, I, you know, I, design people. So I, I feel like I have more hot takes in the bat logos just because they, they, some of those are so different, but they're, they're all like in continuity or they're all like main style. Because you've got the oval, you've got without the oval, you've got, uh, yeah. you know, so very Some of the one that we had recently with the outline. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's so many variations of the Bat logo, which are all... Whereas Superman, it feels like the, the main Superman logo has... You know, people draw it slightly differently, I guess, but it's mainly the same design and has mm-hmm. been for a long time. We, we see these other ones when it's alternate Earths or alternate whatever, right? Batman, yeah. though, actually goes through a lot of different logo designs that he has in the main continuity. Like, to the yeah. point where some of them are rounded and some of them are very pointy, like like very distinctly pointy or rounded, like yeah. you know, complete opposite ends of the scale with the, with the wings. Yeah. yeah, I I saw a, a meme that's been going around because of the the Burton Batman movies that the logo for the poster isn't the logo on his, on his chest. chest. Yeah, mm-hmm. it I I didn't realize that until someone that pointed it out because you just don't think about it. You just assume your brain just assumes it's the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, I do like that one. I'm I'm looking at them now. I think it's the the Batman that's. Uh, it's too. I can't zoom in on it, <laughs> but it is that that perfectly rounded that one that has the wings that go up. Like yeah. I, I always, it's, it's the one that they use at Magic Mountain a lot for the Batman the Ride. Um, so I'm sure it's from the movies, but I like that one a lot. Also the the Nolan one that looks just like the Nolan's oh, okay. Uh, my my, like my favorite bat symbol. I've just messaged it to you too, so you can see it. <laughs> it's basically that one. It's the one that I know the Arkham games use a lot. Um. Uh, I, I'm not a big. I mean, I don't hate the oval, but I, yeah. I don't like the oval yeah. on the outside. I, I like the the, the bat wings angled up the way a little bit, with a, not too skinny either, nice and thick. Yeah, I I like the uh, the logo, the the oval when it's like in continuity with the point of no, this is the protected area on his chest that he. Wants yeah, I was gonna say mm. that's what Frank Miller, I think, it said right in Dark Knight Returns. I want to say that the reason that the, it's got the bright yellow behind it is it if someone has you know someone shooting at batman they aim for that instead of his head which is less armored yeah which which is a really solid reason to do that yeah so and you know uh, i'm glad that he came out and said that you know because that's one of the things that he did with that character that makes sense it's an idea yeah i'm not gonna gonna complain uh all right uh there's uh Logo talk, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Will done. not be a regular feature. No. Maybe um, we can talk the Flash logo for, for hours. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, uh, gold Joke ball on a white... basically never changes. Yeah, on yeah. a white, white <laughs> circle, which the, the TV yeah. show somehow screwed up in the first season. But, yeah. you know, that's not here in the it, It's fixed yeah. it now. It's fine. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... In fact, I don't even think the 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 movie version, you know, the from Justice League had the white circle, did it? Or if it did, it was so muted that you couldn't really see it. Uh, I don't. I try not to remember that suit as much as possible. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I know it's Matt's favorite, but uh, I don't talk about it. <laughs> it only gets me into trouble, so I don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes, release the Alan Smithy cut. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a film nerd joke. It is. All right. We will get into comic books then uh, for the week. Uh, so we will kick off with the, the main event, which is definitely Batman 95, James Titan IV writing with Jorge Jimenez on the art. Hey, 
Normally, uh-huh. no Gala March. Who I believe isn't on it for the entirety of Joker War. So we got, <gasps> you know, six Lucky issues. us. I know. Um, so exciting. Not, not to tip my hand, but I didn't hate this issue. Um, <laughs> that's not like a hot take. I know. That's, I, that's I, kind of a muted, fair thing to say. But I didn't love it either. Um, it's just there. So. No, I thought um, it was a really solid issue. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was solid. Yeah. The art, I think, does a lot, though, too, because you're not staring at Gil March. Um, and it's Jimenez, who I really enjoy. So uh, it, was, it was a happy surprise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I quite like the issue. I think what they succeeded in doing and what its goal probably was is to establish the stakes of this story and make this, this, this whatever this conflict in this story is going to be between Batman and Joker, make it feel like it's... The biggest conflict they might have ever had, and this has been years building up to this this fine this, this war. And I think the way it was cutting around the uh, the news reports as you know everything's going on in the city. Uh, the flashback at the start with uh, Alfred uh, talking to Batman mm-hmm. about the Joker's first kind of like not attack, but during that first kind of stretch. Get, get in the reservoir, yeah. yeah. Um, like I, I thought that you know did things, and the idea of Alfred saying that he was always going to be there to help fight him, uh, which obviously is bittersweet because he's not here now. Yeah. Um. But I thought it set up this idea that this is going on all around the city. It's kind of DEFCON 1. Everything's happening around them. Uh, it, it felt big. It felt like, okay, things are really happening. It, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it felt like an event, which is maybe a scary yeah. word to say in a comic book because they, they throw that word around so much, but it actually does yeah. feel like an event. So, and I think that, that it, it, it sells itself as justifying tie-ins. Whether or not, we, we're not going to read most of the tie-ins still. No, but it sells the 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 scale of this story yeah. that okay tie-ins seem fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the other bad books should react to the, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, because because Gotham from from top to bottom, it's almost like Joker's at war with Gotham because Batman is Gotham. And I know he gets thrown around a lot, but like it, it now it's to the point where Joker's using Wayne Enterprises to go at war with the Gotham PD. And which is kind of putting Bullock on the same side as Batman, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I know in, in times that they, you know, they fight and make up and stuff, but I do like when they're more antagonistic. So I've had that Tynan's gone out of his way now to put them stickly on the same side against Joker. I, I like that. that. Bullock kind of has to now because he's mm-hmm. commissioner um, and it's kind of swallowing his pride for the, for the sake mm-hmm. of the city is kind of a, a fun take on Bullock. Yeah, especially yep. when he's presented with this enemy that they know is being bankrolled by the Joker. They know that this mm-hmm. is this is sketchy, and they can't just you know take the orders and do what they're told. Um, obviously, Pure Lucius is being tortured by a Punchline for information. Yeah, which she feels more of a threat than Harley ever did, which I do like because mm-hmm. then again, that that throws the 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 difference between them and how she's unique and not just Harley two point Um, yeah. But she does feel like a threat outside of herself. So, like, if Punchline starts showing up, like, whatever happens to Joker, and we don't see him for a while, but we get Punchline, I feel like she can hold her own against Batman. I was ready to complain about something, because there's a scene here in the middle where Joker's by in the theater that, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne see Mask of Zorro. And, I mean, I like this whole concept. I I like everything he's saying and doing, and that he actually gets the film reel and all the rest of it. And the guy who owns the theater is, like, telling stories how, you know, he used to say that he could hear the gunshots from the projection booth, but yep. he's not. He's not. It's been so long now that he doesn't remember if he actually did or if that was just a story he told uh, mm-hmm. for 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 story's sake. I was going to complain, like, what, is he really just selling his theater to the Joker without question? But I think the idea is, is that he can He doesn't actually notice the Joker because his eyesight's that bad. 
because there's right. several references to no me. no i took that differently um i got it was he's just terrified it's like you know because he mentions that that bruce wayne's come with offers in the past but you know but he'd be crazy to turn him down he's, he's terrified for his life that if he says no joke we'll just kill him um no but he specifically says t- for what he's offering though yeah i think it's a bit of both i think um but uh, honestly i think you can tell i think only it's that surprising but why does he seem surprised then when there's like noises in the theater because he keeps he keeps saying he thinks he hears voices downstairs and he's surprised that uh i don't know because i don't know he didn't know about those being in there but the person he's having a conversation oh, with per- personally i read it as as he kind of knew it was joker and, and yes the money is great and probably more than what bruce offered him as well but also you know it'd be crazy to turn him down uh you know specifically because he'd be killed uh maybe i mean in that case i have more of a problem with it then because i just the idea of him just casually telling stories about the theater to the joker just doesn't read right to me <laughs> i mean there's a theater that is still propped up in in crime alley so maybe he's just like look i'm done yeah. Mr. It's, just, it's the way he's shown him around like i just i I had to read it as he didn't realize this was the joker because his eyesight's that bad because the way he's just casually telling all these stories like he's you know like he's talking to a potential buyer and you know that's not the freaking joker who murders everyone to, that he encounters. to me it was he's telling these familiar stories to kind of just calm his own nerves reassure himself that oh you know things are going to be all right just get through this act like normal uh, okay that, that played kind of natural for me um it feels a bit off to me but uh, he does seem very nervous though too you know yeah like, it, it, it look does... at the way Jimenez draws him he's constantly wiping sweat from him well, I, I kind of read yeah. it as he was getting more nervous that it was going on, because when he gets to the end and he's like, oh, that's my friends down there yeah. laughing, and we see the crowd, like, and he, he looks sort of terrified. It was kind of like, you know, more of a realisation as it goes on, like, who he's talking to kind of thing. But, I mean, uh, but I, I like, I like the, the point of the scene, though. I like the what Joker's doing here, that he's going back to, like, the, the start of, of Batman um, yeah. and sort of prodding at those things and that he's going to do so. Uh, also, the, uh, I forget what they call him, uh, the underbroker yeah thank you the underbroker is doing all the uh the bank work that's the one who actually argues with billick and says yeah. he has to follow orders and all that um so and i, I love the sequencing actually uh, so obviously the little twist there is that batman was impersonating the uh the chauffeur driver chauffeur yeah, yeah. and he uh starts climbing up the building and I, I like the sequence in here you know the henchman sort of like you know batman's like up in the skylight behind him and then he turns around and he's mm-hmm. gone just the little things of him like climbing up the building uh of course it's all subverted when he actually gets to where he's going and punchline's already waiting in the secret little bat hideaway yeah, yeah. we should mention he uses the uh basically the, the vision thing from dark knight yeah i like that mm-hmm. yeah. uh, echolocation yeah yeah or yeah, d- detective vision from the video game i suppose you may <laughs> you can also call yeah, it <laughs> sure um but yeah no I, and i like the idea that he has all these secret rooms built into wayne Towers like as his backup bat caves. Um, that, that's something, of course, he would. Yeah. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I do like that they, of course, they know that though, because uh, um, what's his name? Builds him for him, Lucius. Yes. So when, once, once they broke Lucius, they broke everything else. And you got to think about how that wouldn't have been Alfred, right? Yeah, we so, see the uh, yeah. that new suit that's in there, which Batman yeah. didn't build. Uh, you know, it's kind of unknown at this point. Like he he didn't build it. Lucius claims he didn't build it. 
so I mean, I'm going to assume Alfred built this at some point, and uh, yeah. that's you know where it came from. But uh, the place gets gassed with a Joker toxin that's mixed with a bit of venom and a bit of uh, fear toxin and uh, <laughs> just a concoction. It's a hell of a thing. Yeah, concoction. Yeah. Uh, the big cliffhanger is is that uh, the bad plane with the voice of Alfred, uh, you know, obviously either Batman's outright hallucinating or the computer is being manipulated with Alfred's voice in mind, whatever it may be, but it takes a, a shot at the building, um, you know, and a big sort of explosive cliff fire. So that's kind of where the, the book ends. Um, yeah, I quite liked it. I think it's one of the better issues that Tynan's done of Batman. I think, and part of that may just because March isn't <laughs> on the heart. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a standout issue. I think it's a really solid opening of the story. Um, yeah. That kind of like sets it up nicely. Uh, no, I, I agree. It continues Tynan's rules of new gadgets every issue. It sets the mood and it sets the stakes for the story. And I think, ultimately, if you want one thing from the opening issue, it's to feel that it's a big deal. It's to feel like what you're about to read, this this arc, is going to be a big deal in Batman's life. Or, sure. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I don't like that Joker took time to draw a smiley face on the Batplane. That was a little, <laughs> little much... Yeah, he probably had henchmen yeah. do it. He's got he's got people working for him. And also, we don't know how true that is. This is all uh, Bruce has been the fear you know, gassed with the yeah. fear toxin. Like, yeah. Just because we're seeing that doesn't mean that that's the actual representation of it. Sure. Plus, uh, if there's a character I buy painting a smell on something, it's Joker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even specifically spell, just a character who would take the time for this theatrical element it would be joker yeah. so I, I have no issue with that but um no, that was solid i thought it built up the stakes I, I felt the like you know this this impacting the whole city felt like a big deal at the start of the book especially uh so hopefully the story can keep this going and um i'd be curious to see how you know batman eventually rallies the troops to uh fight back uh-huh. and so on uh, you really have to you know? yes uh, but Matt's clearly falling asleep talking about Batman, so we're going to have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to move on here, Matt. What are you giving Batman ninety five? Um, I'm, I'm going to give this a, a eight, mostly for the art. I'm just happy to see him in his. Sure. Sure. Uh, it's a seven from me, which I I thought I was more positive than Matt, but you know whatever. Matt's scale's broken. We know this. It, uh, it is. So I will. Uh, Give it a straight as well. I thought it was really, really solid, uh, and I'm excited to see where Joker War uh, goes and becomes. Uh, right. Action Comics 1023, Brian Michael Bendis writing with John Romita Jr. Unfortunately, still on the art. And I mean, I think the last issue he did, we were saying, oh, it's not the worst of his art. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not good, but it's better than what it has been. This was like such a regression back into the worst oh, stuff. Time. I I'm hated this art. It just, it looks rushed. Like, I, I cannot like JRJR's art on, on a objective level, subjective level, whatever one. I always confuse him. All right, it's just not for me. I, I don't like it. But if you do like it when he's, you know, like the last issue, cool. This, though, I don't know. Even if you are a JRJR fan, you got to look at this and be disappointed. Because just some of it, it just it feels sloppy. Like there, there's one image of of John and and Connor looking, and it just it looks like a sketch that was colored, you know, that he yeah. did on on a little three by five card 
for somebody at a con. And to me, that's not what should be in a sequential story. You know, that's just yeah. Is, is this when it comes to Smallville for the first time, and they're yeah. the ones you know, uh, Connor's hugging the Kents, and he's like, they're both looking mm-hmm. over. Yeah, there's, there's like no detail whatsoever. It's so flat. In fact, uh, the moment I hated that page, like further down, is uh, Brainiac uh, turns and says, "Is that a tractor?" I think, like, if you want an example of how flat the art in this book looks, mm-hmm. that the, Brainiac's head on that that panel is just yeah. so flat. There's like nothing to it. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hate the art in this book. I mean, this is the thing. I actually like the story. I like what the story's doing. The art is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Horrendous. Yeah. I, and I love seeing the dynamic, though, of of Connor and John working with Clark. And, like, so they're, they're going to fight Red Cloud. And, you know, she can suffocate them. That's part of her thing, right? That's how she almost beats her man before. And John decides, he's like, well, should I, uh, what does he say? Because it was the op- oh should I super inhale? Mm-hmm. I felt like no, you know, because he's a kid. Um, so I just I like that. But then again, that's Bendis knowing that character, knowing yeah. these characters pretty, so, pretty well. The uh, the gist of the issue is that we ended last time with uh, Lois and Jimmy kind of stumbled into Red Cloud when they were you know looking for mm-hmm. invisible mafia stuff. Uh, Red Cloud is going to kill Jimmy. Uh, Lois says Smallville, which uh, gets Superman and the boys there. And Lois, must mention, does not know who Connor is, and that's kind of a running gag uh, in the issue where she yep. keeps trying to ask like who who this this kid is, uh, and to the point where she actually has a joke where she says, "It looks like you and Lex Luthor had a baby," and then there's like an awkward silence of like, uh, <laughs> technically, <laughs> not technically, wrong, yeah. Not uh, wrong. So they fight Red Cloud for a bit. Uh, Red Cloud again, the art here looks horrendous. I mean, Red Cloud's supposed to be made of mist and smoke and cloud, right? And yet our head yeah. looks like it's made of rock for most of the, the, the panels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it looks so bad. Some of the line work is so heavy as well and some of her Literal. stuff. I mean, and then you get to the where they start to use their super breath to knock her out too. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many lines, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost distracting. Um, but it's, yeah, but I... Go ahead. I just... <sighs> Like I still want to read the story, but this might be the the most I've ever like felt burned by buying a comic. And like I hate that I supported this comic because this art is horrendous. Like it's I I I I hate that I contributed to this because I just I think the art is that bad. <laughs> yeah. So so actually the page I was talking about it's on the the page where um John gets choked out by oh, Red Matt, Cloud. You make you make my make. Mm. Yes, John's getting choked out by. The cloud. This is, red fu- cloud. this is further into the issue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's the top of the page with uh, Connor and Jimmy Olsen. Just come on, red lady, fight or don't. Just the way Connor and Jimmy look on that page, it, they look like quick sketches, you know? <laughs> that, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah. The Brainiac one is, is along the same lines. Yeah, so. it's... Honestly, there's points in this this book where Lois looks like a guy. There's, I mean, that Jimmy panel you just like talk, told me about. Mm-hmm. He looks like a a twelve year old girl in that yeah. <laughs> that panel. They are it, like this is diabolically bad. I have never, yeah. I have never felt <sighs> conflicted about supporting a book, mm-hmm. but just because mm-hmm. the art is this bad in my life. It's... Yeah, but but I like the story is moving the the hidden mafia stuff ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which I do like. So, you know, she goes, Red Cloud goes back to Leon and, you know, 
Leon's talking about Lois and and whatnot. And uh, what does she say? But basically, Red Cloud comes out as, you know, Robinson, as she's like, oh, I, I like Lois as a person, as a reporter, but the fact that it's, she's Superman's wife, you know, that's a problem. Yeah, um, the, the big thing that happens here is that the supers are kind of talking about like how do they fight this threat this mafia and they kind of have to like sort of like let's try and fight it like you know like a gang would essentially which right. is kind of on superman but essentially what they do is because leon gets here's the story later where mm-hmm. she's told that superman showed up to one of her clubs the black label yep. club and they made the place evacuate and then leon thinks she's been told that superman blew up her club but what they actually did is they used the you know uh, kryptonian tech to shrink it because they, they, they say well we call this the candor and they've shrunk the club down to like you know tiny size uh so they're going after her you know her illegal places of work uh they're, they're taking right. out you know stuff which by the way they are in that panel where uh john is like using the big ray gun to shrink the, the yeah. place look at him look at the hair what what is that that is not a human being. Mm-hmm. This well, makes me so satisfied. To, to be fair, to be fair, he's he's half human. Okay, so you know what I meant. You know yeah. what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Joey looks like bad. he looks like a really bad sketch. Someone did of like a Street Fighter character. Yeah, he looks like Ryu without the headband. Yeah. Uh, not good. <laughs> I'm just. I think it might be funnier not seeing it and just hearing these descriptions. Yeah. Oh my it's... god, it's terrible. Well, and, and that's the thing about Red Cloud is like Pete mentioned, you were you were gone, but she's supposed to be this being of mist in yes. smoke. But J.R. J.R. draws her as a solid. Do you know what form. she looks like? She looks like a red group. She looks like a red tree. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Looks yeah. solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, now I can't even see that. <laughs> Especially yes, yeah, she's towards the end when she's talking to Leon. There's like a set, yeah. there's like a profile shot of of uh, yeah. Red Cloud. It's Groot. It looks like Groot. It looks like a Red Groot. He, uh, how how much are those plus three points coming in use on keeping you reading this oh. now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still care about the story. I still care about Bendis's reign. But I tell you this: this like, is going to be one of the lowest scores I've ever given to a comic book where I like the story. Wow. Well, to to wrap that all up, uh, Jimmy goes to the Daily Planet to let Perry know what's going on uh, about Lois and Clark in a gang war with Leon, and uh, it looks like the FBI is coming in and raiding the 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 planet, and it looks yeah. like it's going to be down. But oh, which by the way, one final art thing in this last page: mm-hmm. uh, Agent Chase, Cameron Chase. Whoa, she oh, look at her. Look, look, she's she's a stick figure with like just mm-hmm. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, her her face looks it's like two dots and a line she looks like the gentleman from buffy can, can one of you yes. screenshot this for me because i need to see this one <laughs> go, go ahead Pete. I, I, yeah I'm, i've got it i'm on it all right um i i've never been so glad to not be reading a superman book in my life well, <laughs> Hear, and it hearing just sucks this. it just sucks too because we were so complimentary on the last action issue because it wasn't that bad and then it doubly sucks for me because this is the story that I've wanted where how does Connor fit in between Clark and and John? You know, like John reacting to the fact that he has this big brother out there that he never knew about, you know? Um, I'm sorry, what is it, that? And it's being saddled with JRJR art, and I just don't understand it. it. This is, I... Do you remember in quarantine where I read 
the uh the 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 Miller Daredevil room and and yeah. you know one of the some of the stuff that had JRJR in it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, holy crap, this is actually good art. And yeah. like, like not even like good by JRJR standards, like legitimately good, good art. And I'm like, this is why he has fans. And then I see that panel that, that Pete's just sent me and, and I'm like, how is that the same person? Yes, apologies for the uh, video freezing for uh, yeah. those two as I screenshot things, but uh, I'm just sending her another one. <laughs> have oh, that, you so. the Groot? No, I was giving him the uh, the, the, the John what? one. What? Gotcha. Wait, that's John? That's John. Yeah, that's John. There's several what, times... What is that he's shooting? It's a shrink gun. It's a shrink gun for... Because they're shrinking all the Leon stuff. <laughs> yeah, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looks like a drill with a with a light on the end to help you see the screws. Yeah. So, all right, Pete, let's rate this so we don't have to talk about it no more. Oh uh, yeah, go on then. Um, I'm I'm gonna give this a four point five. Yeah, I was I was thinking four. I was gonna go, yeah. and yeah. I like the story. I like what the the, the the story with the Invisible Mafia. I like the stuff with Lois and then finding out about Connor. I I I like all that stuff. Um, worth mentioning, this has a very in-depth recap page at the start, which I was not expecting. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, which I kind of, I kind of like because yeah. it's done in that style that you would get. Because I just, you know, I finished the um, the Yellen McKelvey Young Avengers, and that's how every one of those issues starts. Mm. Um, what, what I like about it is that at first I opened it and I was like, my god, that's a lot of text. And then I started reading yeah. it and went, oh, this is just a recap. I can just sort of skim yeah. this. I don't need to, yeah, yeah. I, but it's there if I need it. It's there if I want mm-hmm. to actually like yeah. solidify the details again. I can. So, uh, yeah, so I like that Bendis is working that in, you know, where traditionally we don't get those in DC Comics, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I want to say, if this if this had good art, let's just imagine this had good art, I'd probably be giving this like an 8 or so, but yeah. because of the art, the art alone got it down to a 4. That's how bad the art is. I hate it. Yep, yep. That's sad. It's eye diarrhea, alright? That's what I- it is. Diarrhea. Diarrhea, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never wanted to sever my optical nerve so much. Oh. You you really are making me feel happy that I'm not reading this, uh, which yes. is, is is different. You know, David, our our beloved patron, uh, Red Hood's going to be done soon, and Connor's going to need a new book to read. And I I just I can't help but feel that I bend this. Uh, no Junior one wants combo. to see me cover things that you've already covered in in the show. There's no fun to the to, to that. Oh, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> All right, cool. What's the next book? Uh, the Flash seven five eight Joshua Wilson uh, writing go. with Christian Dus on the art. Uh, the Legion of Zoom uh, has made their first attack. They've retreated uh, to a hideaway whilst Barry tries to get his family into a safe place, get get them out of the city because uh, mm-hmm. things are dangerous. Which felt like it was kind of going against the whole thing. We're going to stay with you and fight, and they kind of bring that up here. But he's like, mm-hmm. "Well, it's actually just too dangerous because Thon's going to go after you next." So well, yeah, there's with new information that Barry has, right? He's like, well, no, he, he's plucking these people from time. Who knows what else he's done? Yeah, it's so actually... I, I, I do understand the doubling back. It's Wallace who notices that uh, Cold and Glider have got old costumes on, and that's what kind of yeah. lets Barry figure out that, oh, wait, he's plucking them from different parts of the timeline. It's not just the current versions of these things. Uh, so, obviously, after the Ramita Jr. art, the art in this looks like it's... It deserves, like, 10 Eisners uh, by comparison. Um, I will say... Uh, the coloring makes it feel a little bit too digitally. It, yeah, it uh, has a it has a kind of a, that Marvel sheen to it. Sheen. That I don't like it about it, but yeah, I'll I'll take it, that over Ramita's art. I'll take uh, it. Other than that, it's fine. <laughs> I was gonna say. But, yeah. Um, so I wonder because I'm reading this digitally now. Um, I'm wondering if how it looked on the page. So if you guys read this physically, let me know if it 
if it's still or if the printing of it dialed down that sheen a little bit yeah i don't know um, but it has that yeah that kind of fake sheen that some marvel books have had in the past that i've, I've disliked uh, not not in everything i must say it's kind of on the regular people faces once we're in people with costumes with masks and stuff because I, I think the, the villains look really good when we get to them uh, yeah so i mean especially this version of glider the the physical version of her mm-hmm. i think that costume's slightly underrated just because it has all the the flowiness with the ribbons and whatnot yeah. and deuce really does a good job although i will critique one thing in the glider art is that yes as we all know when women cross their arms they cross their arms under their boobs and push them up that's how women cross their arms oh i mean as as a chesty man myself that's how i do it (laughs) i I believe the answer to that is only when they want something from a man yes uh so why does matt do it then (laughs) same reason obviously same reason he's he's at taco bell he's like hey hey can i I get some extra cheese on my that's why that's why they only put ladies at the the drive-thru now because i was getting too much free stuff (laughs) (laughs) we gotta cut it he's affecting our bottom line this is a joke guys i've lost plenty of weight um (laughs) and i've converted that chunkiness to to chest muscle so i could lift up a car yes uh so hey we have a push-up contest connor no i'm good okay yeah, I'm probably, glad you said no because I I'll, I'll knock out about twenty. <laughs> I love the idea that Matt would tilt his camera down and we just watch him do push-ups while we talk about the the book for you know five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, all right, so Reverse Flash shows up and is like, "Aha! I have no fear. The plan is all going to." Patience is a virtue. Yeah, basically the whole point is there's a lot of cliff out here where he says, "Oh, but don't worry, I've got a secret weapon," uh, which turns out, of course, uh, so we get Barry phoning his dad to make sure his dad's in a safe location. Because uh, he obviously assumes that Thon might go after him. Which, wherever he is, I want to go. It's this log cabin that just looks... It's so picturesque. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Barry, why don't you live there, buddy? <laughs> like, it's so nice. <laughs> it does look pleasant, yes. Yeah. Um, maybe he's too worried that the super speed will start a fire, because it's all wood. So it's all yeah, logs and stuff. That's so he's, true. he's worried that he's going to burn it down back. And, yeah. uh, so Barry goes back to his childhood home because he's 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 trying to connect the dots between that case that he was working that was kind of eerily similar to his own childhood, um, and there's the Golden Age Flash comic on the floor, and that's when the Evil Wonder Twins uh, burst in. Um, evil Wonder Twins, the Tornado Twins. <laughs> sorry, I said Wonder, didn't I? <laughs> Tornado, you did. Sorry, Tornado Twins. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they do they do you know wear purple? They are twins. I mean, uh, they're not was, Zan and Jaina. That was uh, a great slip. That was just a, a great yeah. slip. Uh, I, I do like how she says, Hi, Daddy-O. I, that made me chuckle. Yeah. There's just something evil about someone saying Daddy-O. Uh, but, uh, so they fight a bit. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I'm not as down on the Tornado Twins uh, yep. stuff as I, as I should be here. Uh, the backstory they describe here is the implication uh, that... That this when when Barry dropped off Iris and the kids in the future is that is that, is that meant to be like during crisis is that like I believe so yeah so he took them to the future for protection went back died in crisis and then they were kind of stranded there okay and then Thorn yeah. came in sort of taught them how to be evil yeah yeah and it created the sideways that's where Bart comes from too yes yes because um because at one point Iris dies but she's still around because Bart knows his grandma um. So yeah, it gets timey wimey, but yeah, the what I took this as this is post Infinite Crisis mm. that in that timeline that created this version of them, he never came back, and so there's this feeling of abandonment that 
Bond's able to exploit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do like that. Also, Barry and Iris, you can't name your twins Don and Don. D-O-N and D-W. Well, that's why I notably did not use her name a minute ago when I was saying her, what her line was, because it's too gotcha. confusing. <laughs> yeah. Because out loud it sounds the same. Ah, oh dear. Uh, so, yeah, so they basically fight Barry a bit, and they kind of win, along with the rest of the, the team. Mm-hmm. And Thorn comes along, and the big ending to this issue is that Thorn phases into Barry and takes control of Barry's body, and Barry's left sort of trapped in his own mental space, because he's like, this isn't the speed force, but where am I? Uh, so, Thorn and Barry's body is off to see his family, uh, and I guess this is him finally fulfilling this idea that he can be the Flash, that he can be the greatest Flash, yep. uh, because now he he's actually... He literally became his hero, yep. which you, you don't want to do. You want to take what your hero did and, you know, but... add to it. The big thing is, though, because I was thinking Barry's like inside himself, like, you know, this is just like a yeah. sort of main space, but mm-hmm. while he's in there, he the final page of Big Cliffhanger is he enco- encounters some, you know, zombified versions of Max Mercury and Jesse Quick, implying that, you know, Thawne has killed them, and this is where, the you know, they've went upon death, kind of thing. So, uh, we'll see how they play out with that. I mean, I kind of like the idea of, like, Thawne becoming Barry. There's a nice, uh, dramatic, mm-hmm. like you know, conclusive, conclusive nature to that based on what his story with Barry's always been. Um, as I say, it's not a perfect issue by any means. I do think there's a couple of, you know, clunky elements and, uh, like, I, I'm not necessarily in love with the, the, the whole, we have to get the family away now after we kind of like did the opposite thing last issue. Um, but you know, the art's pretty good for the most part. Like I said, some of that, yeah. that, that sheen, uh, from mm-hmm. time to time is a little bit intrusive, well- but, and you didn't mention that when he goes into the Speed Force, it's Scott Collins' art. So then there's a shift in the art, and uh, uh, that was real. Oh, notably, was cool. notably not, not the Speed Force. No, not the Speed Force, but yeah. into himself, whatever. Yes. whatever Where, wherever he's went I, at the end, yeah. I, I'm going to say it, it's Speed Force adjacent, because they're coming out of it yeah. with, with well, the Speed Lines. Maybe may the negative Speed Force. I mean, they might go down that path. Um. I do like uh, the art. The art change isn't a problem because it's such a different location. Uh, it, it actually works that the art changes for these last two pages. Uh, so I wonder if they're going to have a thing going forward where maybe they'll keep the, both artists and Collins is going to do everything inside this realm, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. That would uh, be cool. Is it Collins, I, I like when Collins does Flash. Yeah, it, just, it goes together. Yeah, I have no complaints on that. Uh, so I don't think it's like a like a an amazing issue. I think it's, you know, it's, it still feels like a Williamson issue of Flash. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of like some of the dramatic poetry that it's playing with and uh, the art's, you know, generally not bad. It's uh, good even. So, mm-hmm. uh, just with the odd little thing here or there. Um, so, you know, uh, maybe not yeah. a triumph by any means, but no, uh, so I'm certainly not mad about reading it like I was not too long ago. No, so. it's a, I do like, it finally feels like Williamson does have that he knows exactly where this is going, so it doesn't feel like a lot of, you know, holding pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, The Flash. Uh, what are you giving it, Matt? Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably just go with a straight 7, I think. Oh, it's the nudge lore. But uh, not bad. Uh, I enjoyed reading it. So, cool. Shazam 13, Jeff Johns Ryan with Dale Eaglesham on the art. Um, this is, Full of course... Eaglesham. That's nice. Yeah. 
Uh, this is the penultimate issue of Jonesy's run. Not a penultimate issue of the book, because there's one issue after Jones is done. But uh, we get an oversized issue 14 coming. This is clearly setting up that final showdown. And it is the fight with the Monster Society, basically, that's, that appeared at the end of the last issue. Uh, so nice that there wasn't too... Uh, nothing too complicated that needed to be remembered, I think, is uh, probably a good, good thing here, because it's been so long yeah, since that issue. Yeah, I, I picked right back up on it. Um and whatnot but i do it's got a lot of fun with the, the flash family fighting the monster society yeah i love the, the two-page spread that gives it's like a bit of a roll call for all the villains here yeah. i actually really liked and it made me kind of yeah. want like a lot of like, other stories just dealing with these individually mm-hmm. uh i think that'd be a lot of fun but yeah uh, obviously we're not getting that so we just have to go so the whole thing here you know so, the, so mr main's taken over uh billy's dad mm-hmm. so he's now evil um i do like the big barbarian villains like leave the women to me uh and then uh the creepy little like from the fun lands, the fun uh, lands. Like, yes i would like the youngest to play with that's what i was promised i'm like that and that is dark and creepy <laughs> well and I, and I love that mary's like all right i've heard enough but yeah. we're gonna we're taking these fools out so. yeah it's, it's very cathartic she, she basically bitch slaps the big thug who was like yep. leave the women to me and she like just mm-hmm. smacks them in the face uh so you know a lot of good action here a lot of good art uh with this action uh it was a very quick read because of a lot of it was that uh but the the, the harsh part for billy here is billy is like okay so you, you you did this to my dad i'm going to try and get him back and mr main's like look we had to track down your dad he wasn't looking for you that, that it wasn't it wasn't that we took over him after he arrived here he only came here because we made him come here uh we see right. him he's a pickpocket he's not thinking about billy he's a bit of a scumbag um and he's like, hey, so and it, it, they threaten the foster parents, like, hey, we're going to kill them if you don't do what we say. So Billy, you know, gets the the, the, the book from the, the Rock of Eternity, comes in. He reads from the book because what they want, what Savannah, Mr. Mind, want is to merge all of the seven lands together into one world that they can then rule. So Billy reads from the book. This happens. Um, yep. some, some fun stuff with the tiger. I tell you the tiger. Uh, Tony gets, yeah. So Tony comes into, you know, attack savannah and yeah and evil evil dad mr mine turns him into a baby tiger yeah but he still tries to fight so get, get it doggy donnie yeah but probably uh, my favorite bizarre actually just the, the little cub yeah. tiger you know going meow yeah. and try to swing at savannah right uh, i like that panel um, a lot and i also like that mr mine points out that the reason that they chose his dad is because there's that that blood connection mm-hmm. that no matter what billy would have shared the power whereas had he shared it with the foster parents like he did the family mm-hmm. then you know they basically played right he played right yeah. to their hands what, what they're saying is that they're saying that he can't sever the connection because even now he even if he wants to know right. uh his dad's connected by blood i feel like billy's going to prove them wrong in the next yeah. issue but that's that's what their line of thinking is right now is that he mm-hmm. can't just change his mind now because that's connected by blood uh, so we get this thing, uh, you get a little glimpse of Superboy Prime in this little uh, page where Billy says all the spell from the book, which unites the seven lands. Um, but Billy also smartly, because they said to him, oh, that book has every spell we need. He actually reads another spell from the book, and the cliffhanger of the, of the book is that Billy actually shrinks down in size so he can go inside his dad's ear and fight Mr. Mind directly. So the final page it. is this full page spread of Billy inside the ears, earwax stripping from the top, and he's going yeah. to take on Mr. Mind. He's like, you know, pick on someone your own size, which is a cheesy line, but you know what, Shazam, I'll let it, ro- I'll let it go. <laughs> he, he was the bigger cheese, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, I when, when I realized that he had, because it does look like he had X'd out, but I was like, wait, that, 
<laughs> that that spell. So subtraxium. So I was like, wait a minute. So um, yeah, he he ends up shrinking, and just him basically throwing down with something that can't punch back. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of like yeah, uh, Mister Mind really stepped in it this time. So. Yeah, I love the idea that Mr. Man doesn't usually have to deal with something his own size just punching yeah. him. Like yeah. <laughs> he's just not used to yeah. like, a fist fight, right? So yeah. uh, I'm kind of into it. You know, I actually really enjoyed this issue. Uh, obviously, I wish the run was more consistently out. I wish it was a longer run and not just something that was ending next issue. But yep. uh, I did enjoy this issue. I'm glad that maybe they did spend some more time in these last couple of John's issues to get them more consistent. Yeah, and well, give us a good and finale. in that, there's a tease for Superboy Prime. Which I know not everybody likes Superboy Prime like I do, but there's a tease for that here, and it's just going to make me wonder what if, mm-hmm. you know, what was the plan going forward? You know, maybe someone else will pick that up and, and go forward. He's in so, one of the metal one shots, I think, so, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. For me, so maybe that's just there yeah. for that, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I just like the idea of, of Superboy Prime versus Billy, you know? Like, that's such a... I don't think we've ever gotten that before, right? Because... Shazam was around during Infinite Crisis, but not in the way that we know. I don't so, remember uh, Shazam yeah. versus so, Superboy Prime. But I, just, I, I like that dichotomy there, you know. It's definitely yeah. been a while, though. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I love the failed page. The failed page is great. I, and the action yeah. is fun. It was a quick read. Um, it's kind of, you know, a chapter in this book that I wish was, you know, more this consistently and more of this for longer. But hey, we'll take what we can get. Uh, at least it's maybe going to go out in a solid pair of issues. And we can, you know, I mean, hopefully, I'm hoping that when this is all together, the art inconsistencies might be the one thing that hinders it, but I'm hoping that once it's, like, you know, a couple of trades or one big trade, that it's a nice story, a nice sequel to his, you know, New 52 Shazam origin book. Because it very much is. It feels like a continuation of that. So, at the very least, it feels like there's, there's you know, if you consider it all one run, then, okay, at, yeah. least it, at least it has, like, I don't know, 20 issues worth all in or something like that. So, we'll yeah. See. I just, I just remember how it was when the first issue came out and we had that backup with Mary mm-hmm. and the bunny and just how it was so hopeful. Yeah, it and was. like, yay, Shazam, this is going to be fun. And then it kind of just, it, it's gone the way of the John books right now outside of Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Which is kind of diminishing returns. But, you know. At least three Jokers is all done, though. It's literally issues. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't feel like it suffers mm-hmm. from these problems. Um, so, no, I like this. What are you giving this issue, Matt? Uh, I'm gonna give this an 8.5. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think that's a lot because I didn't, you know, I wasn't that big going into this. Yeah. But you know, it's a low expectations. It ended up going over. I liked like the roll call page and then that final image. Just it made me laugh. Yeah, a lot of fun characters in that roll call page, including of course the Crocodile Man, and also of course Scapegoat, which we pointed out heavily last time. Scapegoat, and he did stuff here. Although, yeah, um, I want to know what his deal is, because for him to to be in there. He's he's seemingly innocuous. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I'm going to give it the straight eight. I think uh, I liked it quite a bit. I, I don't want to overshoot it though, uh, just because I'm happy yeah. that we had a good Shazam issue. But uh, eight out of ten for me. Justice League Dark twenty four. Uh, Ram V writing mm-hmm. with uh, a manky and Hulpin on the art. Probably butchered that name, but I did my best. That's okay. Close enough. So uh, Connor, after three issues of sitting with his thumb shoved squarely up his ass. It's good to finally talk about it. I can't be comfortable, bud. Uh, no, I was just watching the snooker. I was quite quite happy. I mean, oh, you course. guys can carry on if you want. I can't talk no, about no. Just Sleep Dark. You, you yeah, have to tag I, mean, I can. Uh, um, just before we even get to the issue, 
this, this is the first time I've really noticed it just say V on the, uh, on yeah. the front cover for the credits. Mm. Uh, and it, it threw me um, for Wait, a second. V from V for Vendetta is right in the book. Sure. That explains all the alliteration, but the words that start with V. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, it still ran the fifth in my brain. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can see think it. about as well. Right. But, anyways, um, this issue, which I just want to point out, which normally we don't point out issue titles, right? But this one's called As Above, So Below, which is something that I've learned from listening to paranormal uh, stuff. So I, I do like that, that, you know, both tying in and now Ram V, they are tying some some black magic here or, That's, you know, from the real world into this. Something on, on that, yeah, you mentioned first tying in and now Ram V. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a few issues of Ram V now, and it feels mm -hmm. like, no, this book hasn't skipped a beat. This is no. just, it's obviously continuing threads from mm -hmm. time and stuff, but it also feels like, no, it's definitely doing not just that. It's doing its own stuff as well. Yeah, this feels like it's the first time that it is addressing stuff. So, like, you, you feel like the other kind are going to be, however this book, however long this book runs, they're going to be in the background. They're kind of what the team's about. Um, but this was the first issue where it felt like Ram V's taking his own threads and the stuff that he wanted to focus on versus trying to tie up some of Tynan's stuff. Uh, yeah, there's um, some teasers and solicits in the future that, uh, again, this is teasers and solicits, not even like confirmation of anything. Mm -hmm. So grain of salt that uh, maybe Zatanna will be dying in like November. Uh, uh, maybe. Or, or October, maybe. October, November. Right. But yeah, um, which seeing what this story is, maybe kind of lines up because that this story is about her obsession with trying to you know uh free her father from the other kind right. right um but yeah so it starts with with her in well it starts with her burning zatara which, which is a is uh, just ghastly it's a fantastic uh homage image to the uh, the original books and magic series okay which had a page very much like this with zatara stood there doing a trick kind of gotcha. thing with with narration around it Okay, well that's uh, that's real cool. Yeah. Um, but then it then it jumps to what almost looks like the Tower of Fate. Um, does, but complete, completely obliterated with one woman fighting the Upside Down Man, with the rest. Well, her and Zatanna with the rest of the league kind of just all around. But you know, Constantine's there. Um, yeah, that threw me for a second at first. I was like, why is Constantine there? He just left. And then, right. you know, it goes to the next page. It's, you know, oh, one week ago. So, okay, fine, we're doing that. Right. But it's also Mandat, which I'm glad to see. We haven't had him in this book for a minute. So... Yeah, he's kind uh, of been out of commission for a while. To see there. But, yeah, and we get this awesome page of the one week ago of Diana on, you know, pulling a Batman, almost. Standing on a on a, the ledge of a roof, watching yeah. the sun either rise or set. I, I can't tell what direction... But it, it's got narration from Bobo about, you know, what they've been doing and what it means, which which is nice. It's another kind of setup, kind of like we talked about with, you know, uh, one of the other books. Like, this is what's been going on here, um, in case you just picked this up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's got uh, Detective Champ and, and Wonder Woman talking about, you know, all the stuff that they've kind of messed up on, and it's almost her questioning if they've done the right thing it's it's more her, she's questioning herself and whether right. or not 
she was right to start this team and and try mm -hmm. it. Um, and Bobo basically is like, hey, look, you know, the rest of us are kind of here, but you're the one that you know, like I say you're the one that started the team and anchored it. Mm -hmm. If if you put up a you know a good front, the rest of us will follow. But if you if you crumble, that's it. We're all done for. Right. And so you know, and she's been pretty key from the start, right? Because you have the whole Hecate thing, where she has a piece of Hecate in her. Yeah. You know, and that that comes into play later, but. He also talks about what Zantana's Zantana's been doing. That she showed up at the Oblivion Bar, because um, ever since Constantine took off, she's been kind of a wreck. Um, and that she came to pick up something that that he had to obtain, and it's like the spell on paper that that ends up becoming like this demon creature that they have to fight in the Oblivion Bar, which is a real fun page. Um, yeah, and and just them like sitting underneath the the body of the demon at the end, yeah. looks yep. fantastic. Uh, and then she picks up a bottle of what looks like Jack. It is, right? yeah. Yeah, and then and leaves, and Bo is like, "Well, she didn't even really say thank you. She just kind of gave me a peck on the cheek and left, which is very unlike her, you know." So we're we're starting to get to the point where it's almost that Tana's lost herself in this obsession, and we do see that she went back to her, you know, the the theater that we that she was headlining before all this started when Diana went to talk with her and recruit her. And she has this, you know, conspiracy board of just all this different magic stuff. And we find out that this, this thing that she picked up from Bobo is Levi's seal of Solomon. And then she says, you know, that the title, which as above, so below, which basically means anything you do on one plane affects another plane. Yeah, right. and, and then there's, there's some constant... backwards magic of a, mm -hmm. as in one, so in the other, which right. is, I'm assuming, a, a pairing for that phrase. Right, right. and we get the sort that she's trying to locate her dad, wherever he is, because as we learn that, you know, he had made a deal basically to, to save her, right? Yeah. Like, he kind of sacrificed himself, and that it put all of us on her, and, you know, Constantine was part of it, so she feels a little bit betrayed. And she tries to go there, and it just it doesn't work. And you, from from the way that the the bubbles are, she's kind of sauced. You know, she's yeah. not of her full mind. Um, and she can't get it to work because the spell, no matter what she does, and she yells out that she's not going to give up. Yeah. Uh, this is where we we cut away now to to Bobo's was in Chimp. Yep. Which sorry, Bobo's no, in Mamba there. My brain, as soon as I said it, I was like, and that now, wasn't right. And now we get to the, the man bat that I've loved, is, is you know, the half scientist, half man bat. Yeah. You know, and he he's found out that not only is Swamp Thing back, but he's even stronger now. And after doing some experiments, he's found out that it's called endosymbiosis. And he explains that to Detective Chimp that it seems like the reason Swamp Thing's stronger is all the other parliaments are actually working together. Yeah, they're so he is, part of him. So he's got a little bit of the red, like presumably in some, mm -hmm. you know, microbes right. maybe or you know, right. so on. And and he's going back to places that were ruined. And, you know, and he dropped some names, which I, I don't quite remember. They must be Swamp Thingy things, but like Rosewood and Kenneth Cook and Halma. And he's returning to them to adjust the darkness that's bubbling beneath. So... You know, you got Swamp Thing going on this mission now, even stronger to write the things yeah. from before. And it, one of my, my, I got a good laugh in this section as yeah. well, which doesn't always happen uh, in this book because uh -huh. it's 
you know, dealing with some terrible stuff usually. Um, but it's, it's when a uh, man was like, so yeah, yeah, it's, something was acting weird. So I, uh, I took a tissue sample. Yeah. And Bo was like, you did what? He goes, yeah, yeah, my unethical and obsessive pursuit of science is an unhealthy coping, coping mechanism. Judge me later. Yeah, you judge me later. But look, this is, what's a, this is what I found. Yeah. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then we get some more of, of Khalid and what looks like uh, the old fate. Yeah, it's Ken. Uh, Kent, Kent Nelson is leaving because he's like, I'm your your fate now. I'm done. That helm is a prison as much for you as it is for Naboo. And I need to go make right for a lot of the stuff. But he gives him a hug on the way out because he's like, well, what if I need you? Um, and he's like, you, you won't, essentially. Yeah. You, you, you'll be fine, I promise. So I do like that now we're, we're going forward with Khalid. You know, and that's, it seems like that's a, a, a Ram V thing, which I, I do like because I'm not a fake guy like you are. Yeah. But the fact that this is a character that should be a legacy at this point, you know, he's kind of Definitely. been a legacy before. So so we're getting to that. I, I really like this whole bit from Kent, though, where he talks about, you know, you spend so much time as fate understanding how everything works that mm -hmm. it kind of loses the wonder of it. Even though, even though you're doing literal magic, you lose the wonder of the universe because of, you know, you're, you're so aware of all the minutiae. Right. Uh, and he wants to kind of just kind of get that feeling back. Uh, and not know everything at once right and and yeah and so you know as he says some answers my boy are best left to fate and it's a really good image with him them embracing in the reflection On of the, the helmet. helmet yeah it's it's yeah, a it's, great panel yeah um and then it cuts back to to diana and, and detective chimp and they're talking about what they need to do to help zatanna um and Diana agrees. Uh, so they show up, and Diana says that the reason she can't go there is because the Upside Down Man and Hecate are reflections of each other. You need a piece of that to be able to go to that realm. But she happens to have that piece in her, so she'll help. And it, it makes sense dealing with Hecate, do things in threes. Yep. That's kind of the, the, uh, the, the magic number, uh, as right. it were. Right, right. And... Um, so they open up a portal, and uh, Zatanna and Diana. But that's a fun. That's a fun rhyme to, yeah. to do that I haven't hit till now. Uh, but uh, Detective Chimp pulls out a, a slip out of his jacket. Yeah, because they basically tell him to stay behind, and hey, you know, you'll you'll guard the fort with uh, with with Mamba. You know, you'll be the last line of defense. Right. And uh, yeah, so the the note from Constantine says, if you ever find yourself a patron short at the bar. Here's how you can find me. So, you know, Constantine gone, but not really. You know, he, he did his play. He but if, if he was ever going to come back, oh. it was going to be to help Satan. Right. For something that he helped cause with Satara. Right. Yeah. Like, um, and they end up going into this other realm, which now looks like fate. You know, this is where they were at in the beginning. So it's not the Tower of Fate. No, but it looks um, like with all the, the, the towers and the, the, right. the stairways and stuff. And uh, Zatanna can see someone coming ahead, and it's burning Zatara. Let me get it to be continued. Seemingly. Uh, Seemingly. Yes. Well, you know, well, remains to be seen if it's actually him or not. Which is that ghastly image. Um, yeah. Of him. But yeah, no, it's really, 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 really solid. It's like, like, and I sound like a broken record, but it's like this and Hawkman 
have been routinely consistent with yeah. every every month. This is uh, very much the issue between arcs. Mm -hmm. uh, like, okay, so we finished off the last big thing. Mm -hmm. We're kind of setting up where we're going now. We're doing okay. We're doing the other place. We're doing Zatara and stuff with Zatanna. But we're okay. We're we're taking aside a little break with with the fates and going. Okay, this is where we're going with that forward. We get a little bit with Mamba and Swamp Thing, kind of going. Okay, that's where that's going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is very much kind of just establishing those things for now. Um, but I'm really excited to get to those things. And this was definitely still really enjoyable to read. Yeah, Th thoroughly enjoyed this one issue. Um... But again, yeah, it's it's the issues that take time in between to take a breath, reset, and you know we just got done dealing with the parliament, and you know we're not done with that because he put in here, you know, about the endosymbiosis. Yeah, and that and seems to be like... something that Ramvi's particularly interested in because given where yeah. his his first brush with this was the Swamp mm -hmm. Thing stuff, um, right? Yeah, it seems to be his his kind of key desire to tackle uh, right. right now. So yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see what this is going. On. But yeah, it's uh, this is one of the books I always look forward to. So and to see that it's maintaining the quality because anytime you have a big change like this, you know where it's just him now, you know. Yeah, and, and I know it, he's been teasing on Twitter and stuff that the mm -hmm. the 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 actual lineup of the team might be changing mm -hmm. in coming months. Mm -hmm. Now, this said, I don't want him to kill Zatanna, but if she's gone in a way where it looks to the team that she's dead, but we all know. That would be nice. You know, in one of these. That that's fine by me. We can get some more characters. You know, but don't don't leave leave Z alone. And yeah, I mean Killer. One of my Killer. No. <laughs> I mean yeah. I I'm all for having a bit of a rotating cast, kind of bring in some mm -hmm. other members. You know, because Swamp Thing's kind of been in and out since the start of the run. Yeah. Um so I'm okay with us kind of okay, well we need someone more dependable uh, on, yeah. on the regular well i'm like the magic side of dc is one that's fine to me so the fact if, if i can learn about more of these characters yeah. then yeah, well, I, uh, I do like let's, that uh, let's start we're getting jason blooded yeah true uh that'd be fine by me fun. yeah you know any really of the demon knights just go back to that paul cornell pull some of those characters out and we'll be good to go so good which did we talk about on Hawkman that originally when he goes to see Xanadu, it was supposed to be Zatanna. And then because of Xanadu's power set, they he decided to change her. I don't to that. I knew that. Yeah, okay. So I, I read that on Twitter because someone was talking about him and Zatanna for some reason in uh, Hawkman. And he goes, Oh, weirdly, I was gonna use Zatanna. Or like if he had ever planned to use Zatanna or whatever. Mm. He goes, yeah, in that first arc, it was going to use Zatanna instead of Xanadu, but the fact that Zatanna or Xanadu is so long-lived, it would play with the different reincarnations of Carter Better. more yeah, than Zatanna, sense. and it worked itself out. So, um, Maybe in yeah, the future. So, so, yeah, so you want to rotate these characters in that way. It's why, you know, kind of back in the beginning of the show, we were talking about why we like that era of DC. It's because that stuff would happen more. You know, characters yeah. would come in and out, and they'd we pop up in other books. Quite fortunate in terms of that side of books in the New Fifty Two early on, where we had Demon Knights, we had mm -hmm. that uh, really good Justice League Dark stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind kind of more of that. Yeah. So cool. What what you reading, Justice League Dark? Uh, it's a solid eight from me. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go a little bit higher. Give it eight point five. 
Just, just for Manbat. Manbat alone. All right. I've been finishing off some skittles that I started yesterday. Yeah. We, uh, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, lo- I love how he's such a professional. He goes for the chewiest candy he can get. <laughs> yeah. Very distracting, I might add. Is it? I think it's louder on escape than it is in the recording. At least I hope so. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll mute the I'll mute my mic for the next part. Uh, both Connor's yammer and I. Uh, but I eat them one color at a time because I, I like the, just having the pure flavor of one one flavor at a time. Uh, I really oh, like that. So strange. So I've got the reds and the yellows left. I always leave those two at the last because my two favorites. Uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you do you separate them all? I just I I like a few at a time. So you know I just. Take them out a little batch at a go, and then, yeah. This is, this is a bizarre way to eat skittles. I'm yeah. yellows. Here's the thing: I, I I don't like the original skittles. I like the blue bag. I think that's the tropical ones. So if I do eat them, They're because okay. you you get a purple one, it tastes like diamond tap. Not a fan. What are the regular? Yeah, in the regular bag. Are the, the purple? The purple's by far the, the worst. Yeah, the purple's yeah. the worst. Easily. So, I'd much rather just pick something, you know, that Wait. doesn't have the purple grape. I don't think I've ever eaten. Wait, it's grape. Purple's yeah. not grape. Purple in the original bag of red Skittles is grape. It's black card. It literally says at the back of the bag that I'm looking at. Maybe, okay. maybe they have different flavors. Maybe yeah. they do. Ours is grape, and it tastes like Dimetap, the cough medicine that my dad I... used to give me when I was too rowdy as a kid. I don't believe like, you black take a nap. is a common flavor in the states. No, no, it, it's not. And uh, we looked it up because I remember. Uh, Stu, when he was recorded, he would drink black currant juice. So I got right and, here. Yeah. And me and Mario are like, that's not a thing. And he's like, well, uh, not in the States. And we looked up why. And something to do with black currant, if you don't do it properly, it becomes I, toxic. At, at least uh, that's one good thing about the US is that there's no black currant anywhere. It's great. Black currant's a great flavor. No, it's not. I, it I have, sucks. I have black currant oh, jam on my cup. Black currant is a shite flavor. I, I, I cannot get on board with that at all. Blackberry? On, yeah, I was just say I don't know about blackcurrant, but blackberry. Oh, that's different. Flavor. Yeah, 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 completely yeah. different. Totally different thing. Honestly, most of the purple sweets in the UK are blackcurrant flavored. Uh, that's like yeah, that's just the that, that, that's the color for yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Patreon book. There's one more book to talk about. Or the car has to talk about it. Uh, everybody to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv uh, or some of our patrons uh, can have a tier where they make me or Connor read a book and. Connor is going to read Red Hood, Outlaw, issue 46. <laughs> Take it away. I'm going to face my yeah. skills. I will say this has a reasonably nice cover um, for once. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you can look it up if you want, but it's uh, Trigon's hand kind of with the the, the outlaws kind of in it, um, but on like a, a big white background. So it, it kind of has a has a style to it that a lot of it doesn't, you know, a lot of it's just messy. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's the same artist as the the, the you know the the regular book uh, which is Paolo Pantalina. and apparently Travis 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 Mercer as well uh, this issue um, who I assume did the, the, the little intro bit because that does look a little bit different because uh, there's like a three page intro that is in the past in South Africa and it's Artemis Grace. Apparently, used to be a nurse in South Africa. I I, I don't okay. know. Um, and the hospital that she was working in got attacked, and then she's like, "All right, forget this," and 
pulls out the axe. And and you know that's the, the I think it's supposed to be like the first moment she really got the axe. It's kind of the way it plays. But I mean, mm. oh, I don't care. Um, all of that was set up for her side of things, which is, if you recall, the end of the last issue. I was very confused because a random woman holding the axe showed up, claimed to be mistress. The axe. Um, yeah, it is. It just it just brushes right over it. It's just like, oh yeah. It, it introduces her goes, oh, she's just the entity known as Mistress in human form. Because that's a thing, I guess, with this axe. That we're gonna throw in forty five issues after the axe was introduced. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Reasons. Um but a lot of this is still just continuing where it was last time. We're in the uh the chamber of whatever it was, the chamber of all. Um, which is this kind of maze that can go it's like a labyrinth that can take you to anywhere um, take you to anywhere you imagine or any, and even places you can't is, is the, the tagline for it I guess um, but Jason's very confused because this isn't supposed to be the entrance to this place, there's only supposed to be one in the, in the Himalayas uh, but it seems weird to me if it's, a, if it's a labyrinth that can take you to anywhere you, you know, doors tend to work in both directions. If there's an exit, it's an entrance, surely. Um, but if, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's these beings that, that are the unspoken that are still possessing everyone. The leader has um, possessed the not Captain America soldier that they had as their, their handler mm -hmm. for the last few issues. Uh, Jason pulls out his magic sword and stabs him with it. And it kills the thing, but not the person, because it only affects the the entities. Uh, so they're all fine. Um, they kind of all regroup. You've got uh, Artemis and Mistress and the, the other woman who's with her, whose name I completely forgotten. The, the, the new Jason from before. Uh, and you've got this other person that they pick up, uh, Saru the Protector, who I, I, I don't know, I'm not familiar with at all. They would, they, you know, she's just like, wait a minute, I know that voice, Saru the Protector, and I'm like, am, am I supposed to know who this is? There's no editor's note telling me or anything, so I'm I'm confused, frankly. Um, but basically, they they come to the conclusion that the way to to stop all this is to destroy the 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 labyrinth, the chamber of all, and that'll save it all because Trigon's basically trying to break through from it. He's kind of imprisoned in there, but if they can just destroy the the antechamber, they'll destroy any access he has to this world. So. That'll be the plan. Um, Mistress, the person, disappears and just becomes the axe again um, and you know, comes back to Artemis and basically Artemis transforms when she grabs the axe and because she's been undercover, she had her hair dyed and she was in you know, disguise. As soon as she grabs the axe, it basically does the Thor thing and she becomes Artemis again. Which, to be honest, mm -hmm. having Artemis be a doctor is very Thor-esque as well in its own right in terms of that secret identity. True. Um, <clears throat> go back to you know to, to Donaldson. You know, it's it's all just knockoff Thor at this point. Is is kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, at. I mean, I guess, but I guess that's what this writer does is knock off. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. I now, showed her, I showed everyone my red skittles because I thought it'd be thematic with the book that you're talking sure about. Sure, you did. Um, now I, I have a question because this there's a I joke here. A red shirt. There's a joke here at the end that legitimately confused me, and I'm like, am I been mispronouncing a word this entire time? Probably. Well, it's but it's a really basic word, okay. and that's why I'm really concerned. So basically, it gets to the end. They're like, right, it's uh, it's Trigon's there, and Bizarro tells him to shoot, 
right? Mm -hmm. But it's spelled S-H-O-E, as in shoes. So I'm sure that's a bizarre thing. Right, no, no, but here's the thing. So he says shoe, as in, you know, like shoes, and that's the way it's spelled. Right. And then Jason goes, it's pronounced shoe, as in S-H-O-O, but fine. I'm like, they're pronounced the same, buddy. Yeah. Like, what? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to think about it. This broke my brain when I read this earlier, because I'm like, am I pronouncing shoes wrong? Mm -mm. Because I don't understand. I don't understand this so joke. It makes no he, sense. He should have added an H in his, in Jason's. Like S-C-H, whatever, right? To make to make it different. Yeah, but... Because then, if, then if you I could say, say that if, shoe if is different than shoe, right? Is, I, mean, I would say if you shoe someone, it, it, you know, phonetically, it's the same as wearing shoes. Right. No, I know, but for a better way to make it seem different, or yeah. have bizarros at an H, right? S-C-H. Yeah, I just, I don't understand this joke. Like, like, I'm actually baffled wow. by this because I'm like, like this is not a like. If Bizarro says shoe, right, and how does Jason know he's saying the wrong shoe? He doesn't. Like this doesn't work. Connor, the reason that you're this doesn't work on you because you're not a failed stand-up from the '90s. Um, my skeletons were really nice, just for the record. If anyone's interested. Good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking up real quick, not to digress, but I looked up the about why we don't have black hurt in the U.S. and that's because when they first started importing them. To grow them here, they killed one of our pine trees that are used for lumber. Um, they carried like, oh, a no. with them. And you yeah, killed so my pine. The That's about the future reference. Yeah. So they would damage the the pines. So they just didn't. They got rid of them. So we we started using other types of stuff uh, instead. So there there's there's why. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I, just just for you two, I sent you guys that panel so you can see oh. if I'm going crazy, if I'm missing something, please. Because right now I feel really stupid for well, not getting this. I hope so, because I'd love to tell you. Uh, but it, it just doesn't work. This is not a joke. <laughs> uh, Bizarro no. looks like Zongief, and um, I don't need it. Yeah, I said that last time I saw him. Uh, well, uh, hold on. It's not spelled shoe as in a shoe you wear. The O is before the E, right? Wait. Actually, that's, the that's, that's how you spell shoe. I'll be honest. I'm, you know, I, the problem is, you're used to seeing it with an S on the end. You're used to seeing it plural, so it yeah, looks kind of. Yeah, it looks wrong. Uh, anyway, that was so dumb. Uh, uh, I hate this writer. But because I looked at that and went, "Yeah, that's not quite the the right spelling." Maybe he's saying "show" or something like that. Like he said, he said it. But, but you're right. Is, that, that would be then me being stupid, and I could take all all no, this. No, but if he's saying "show," then he should have wrote it out S H O W. Oh no, I don't think he is. I, I think I, that's just what my brain said, and it's probably what Connor said. I'm just so used to it being a plural that seeing shoe without the right. S at the end just makes it look wrong. But, um, Joe, you know it is. It's just, it's, it's a meta joke. It, Jason can see how he's spelt it as he says it, and he's saying, so, uh, it's If shoe. this was a Deadpool book, fine. <laughs> but, but it's not. It's nice right. to see that Jason's, uh, wearing proper attire for the pandemic, though. He's got his mask on there. Yeah, he's been ahead of the game on that one. You get credit where it's due. Uh, <laughs> he got that look when he got the crowbar. If you, if you I bet, recall, I bet David uh, or Patreon. I bet his mask. Who's who's got a briefcase? He bought a briefcase recently that was like two hundred dollars just to store his Red Hood comics in. He sent a video to me and Carter on Twitter to show off his new briefcase. He paid way too much for that. I, I bet he has his mask that he wears when he's going to work or whatever. I bet it's a red 
a red mask, in honor of Red Hood. Oh, I'm telling you now, I'm getting to the end of this now, because this is, this is like the second to last page of this book. The, the last page is Bizarro just jumping into the, the Trigon's hand going, now nah, I got this. Um, but I, I was so baffled. Like, I spent like three minutes staring at this before going on to the last page trying to figure it out, and I can't. It just it makes no sense. Uh, and I'm knocking an entire point off just for this. It was going to be a three, and now I'm giving it a two <clears throat> because that, that just doesn't work. It makes me angry. All right, well, let's uh, go out to the part of the show where we pick our favourites of the week. Uh, we pick our favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, uh, and then rank our, our top five books. Or in this case, for my... I think most of us only have, like, four books or less, but... Two. Two in Connor's case, so you can rank these two books. I have five. I have exactly oh. Matt somehow managed to read everything. <laughs> so Matt has to actually put action comics on these top five. That's pretty, pretty funny. I do, but I know exactly where it's going to be. Oh, I've got a funny feeling that I know exactly where it's going to be in that list, too. Uh, so we'll start off with a panel slash moment. Matt, kick us off. Um, Let's see. There's there's plenty I could pick from from uh, Justice League Dark. Uh, but I'm going to go with the final page in Shazam, just because it okay. felt me in so much glee. Thinking of Mr. Mind getting punched. <laughs> All right, Connor. Uh, I'm gonna go with the panel from Justice League Dark, where it's the uh, the two fates in the reflection, the helmet. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I don't have like a super obvious thing uh, this week, so um, I, I guess I guess I'm going with Batman, just kind of mostly by default, but uh, I will. I will go with... Actually, no, I really like the sequence of Batman climbing in the building, actually. I mean, it's a really simple moment. Just from a dramatic point of view, it's not like a super big story beat. Uh, but I just like the, the, the atmosphere around it. So I, was, I guess I'll just kind of go with that. All right. Cool. Uh, cover of the week. Uh, I was actually... So I was pulling up all the variants uh, whilst you two were talking about mm-hmm. uh, some, some dumb book. Um, and... Every book has a pretty decent variant. Oh, it's the four I read anyway. They all have pretty decent variants. I think I'm probably going to pick... I'm tempted to say the Flash one, but I think I might as well go with the Shazam variant. Uh, just because it's kind of like pulpy and old school and... uh see. Yeah, I'm into it's it. It's the only one I forgot to check. Julian uh, Totino Tedesco is the variant cover artist, according That's to... That's kind of nice, yeah. The comic that is very nice. So I'm going with that. Uh, Carl, what's your pick? Uh, I'm going to go with the variant for Justice League Dark, which is kind of like a realistic horror look at Man Bat, Bobo, and uh, Swamp Thing. Mm. Uh, it's kind of disgusting in a, in a, in a good way, but I'm into it. Hmm. Oh. Uh, hmm. That's what she said. Uh, Matt, what, what yeah. you... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the Flash one to load. I want to see what that <laughs> one is. Mass uh, computer. No, I'm moving with the Shazam one as well. Yeah. Uh, the Shazam variant because none of the main covers are really doing much. Nah, the main covers are not great this I mean, week. The uh, I think it's Paquette on Justice League Dark. That one's pretty okay. It's got a little bit too much of the 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 writing yeah. on the front. If if it was main yeah. covers, it would probably be Batman for me. But... Yeah, yeah, the Batman one's solid, but I think the, the variants all kind of beat that. To be honest, yeah, yeah, are the ones I looked at anyway. So, um, all right, uh, favorite art of the week, Connor. Um, I'm gonna give it to Batman out of the two. I think. Uh, I think that was pretty nice. Sure. 
Uh, I will probably say... <laughs> well, actually, comics is off the table right away. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? You don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, Eagles from Zart and Shazam is really good, but I think I do have to go with Batman as well. I think Jimenez kind of stole the week as far as art goes overall. Uh, Matt? Um, so, it came down to Justice League, Dark, Shazam, and Batman, and I just I like Jimenez too much not to give it to Batman. All right, um, sweep. But yeah, for bats. All right, top five books or ranking, however many you read, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Matt, you're up first. So number one, Shazam. Number two is Justice League Dark. Number three is Batman. Number four is Flash, and number five. But if I could make it six, is Action Comics. <laughs> Connor, um, Justice League Dark. Batman. That was nice and succinct. <laughs> uh, I'll probably put Batman at number one, Shazam at number two, The Flash at number three, and then I suppose I have to put Action Comics at number four. <laughs> God damn it, Ramita. God damn it. All right, that's, uh, that is our, our picks of the week. I will tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics, and it is definitely a busier week. Uh, so not pretty, very much though. Probably the most exciting part uh, is the fact that we're starting off the new run on Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman seven five nine. Tamaki's first issue is next week. Please so please be good. So I'm excited. I, I have utmost confidence in Tamaki. Quite frankly, so do I. But I just, I'm, I'm just worried. I've got my hopes up too high. So we got Wonder Woman seven five nine. Red Hood Outlaw forty seven <laughs> is out. Carl will be reading that in about two months' time. We got Batman Superman 10, John Constantine Hellblazer issue 8, Legion of Superheroes number 7, Suicide Squad number 7, The uh, Plunge issue 5, uh, and also the DC Cybernetics Summer issue 1, the 80 page one shot if you're interested you, uh, in getting that. So I, I don't want to read this, mm-hmm. but I clicked on it to see the creative teams. Well, not the teams, but who's on it. Yeah. And you have Williamson, Stuart Moore, Max Bemis, Steve Orlando, Andrew Constant, uh, and then art with Paul Pelletier, Nicola Scott, Coley Hammer, Hamner. I always mess that up. I, David Lafuente and Greg Smallwood. So it seems like it's reasonable you know, mid-tier talent. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if you're interested. I uh, don't believe for a second that somehow Riley Rosman was not doing a story in that book. <laughs> do, do you know? I actually saw people this week online who were fans of uh, Riley Rosmo and wanted to buy the uh, that Joker tie-in metal one shot because it was Rosmoir. That, that's what sold them on it. <laughs> and I was just... I mean... I, I, you know, if you love it, you love it. But I was just sitting there kind of like, what? what? <laughs> I hope yeah. they don't listen to this because I'd feel bad for them. No, but see, if they do, it comes down to taste. If you like that style of art, fine. It's just not for me. You know? Like... Yeah, I haven't hated everything he's done by any means. Like, that Batman Shadow story that he did with uh, Orlando once upon yeah. a time is fine. But, it's a lot of fun. But, oh god, his art. Most of the time, I just oh, I can't stomach it. Alright, so, there you go. You, uh, you said it was a bigger week next week. It's still only five books. It's the exact same. Yeah, I thought it was a bigger yeah. week. I feel like somewhere along the way, uh, DC have done me dirty and made me look a fool. And I don't know <laughs> when that happened. I mean, DC doesn't need to help. I mean, you do that plenty enough. How dare you, you hockey bear-loving swine? You know what? You say hockey bear, and there is a video that they taught <laughs> bears to play hockey in Russia, and it's one of my favorite things ever. That is the most look, Russian thing I've ever heard. Look, oh look up. There's a Bill Burr video of him breaking down it, and it, it kills me every time. He also, Pete, he also does one of 
um, Inoki versus some other guy that he just beats the shit out of, and it's Bill Burr giving his commentary on it, and it kills me. Matt, uh, how, how many people like. tagged you in the bear with nunchucks? Everybody I know. <laughs> uh, my my brother sent it to me. My my friend sent it to me. Ashley tagged me in I, it. Like, I know I Alan. Yeah, Alden. Like everybody. And you know what? That bear is just doing what we worked on. It's fine. Okay. The training is taken. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I was just thinking of next month to think because next month's week four is busier. So that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, uh -huh. So. Yes, uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you. Oh, my poster was away. Oh, there it is. Uh, thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Shaw, Board Now, and Zammer Jammer. They are all Patreon producers, meaning they are $20 above patrons. But of course, you can support us for much less than that. You can support us for as little as $1 per month and get bonuses for your trouble and stay warm and fuzzy in the inside. Um, of course, you can also support us for free by simply clicking the old, clicking the old like button on YouTube. Uh, super important and lets people find us and grows the audience uh, same idea if you rate the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from give us five stars and a little review and people will find us and I think Matt just farted because he made a little weird noise no 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 it was a, it was a hiccup okay. I had a stifle and then it hurt yeah when, when I stifled it, it. Uh, yeah no I know <laughs> so that is uh, that is that, is that. Uh, otherwise guys on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast and we will see you again next time for episode 212, which, yeah, maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad. Maybe maybe Connor will finally see the light and come out of his, his miserable shell. <laughs> Unlikely. Yeah, maybe Matt will... Look, the, the world's a miserable place right now. I feel justified. All right, all right. It's not, <sighs> bad. It's not that bad, though. It's... Kind of returning to normalcy in some parts. Speak so. for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Shall we move move on and end the show uh, before yes. uh, Connor depresses us all uh, and leaves everyone with a bad, depressing taste in their mouth? I so, reviewed two books uh, very positively but, today. Thank you very much. But but Snooker, Connor. Yeah, it'll be on next week. Don't worry. Yeah, it'll be the, uh, the, 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 the actual uh, finals. It'll be next week, so it'll be good. Yes, okay, right. Well, Snickers on next week. Connor's all excited. They're very good. They're all happy about it. Now, that has been the show. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.